Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wise Guys, the number one BYU sports live stream talk show in prime time in the entire world. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, welcome back. We missed you last week. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a trip to Barcelona this last week. Had to squeeze in just down the street. Yeah, just to Barcelona. (laughs) 27 hour trip back and I'm here. Good. On so. minimal sleep, which makes it for a much more adventurous no, show. Because you so never know. What when I get a little loopy <laughs> yeah. and when I'm tired, it can be crazy. So just watch out tonight. So We're hey, so excited to get our live stream chat up. Let us know where you're watching, streaming from, and we'll try to give you a shout out throughout the whole show. It's just been fun. Yeah, people are uh, already chiming in. Spencer McMillan chiming in and Amber Payette. From New York City. Wow. New York City, right off the bat. I love that you're in New York City and you're joining right now. Um, Lubbock, Texas. Good deal. We we appreciate all you being on here. Follow us on YouTube. We'll put the link in the chat. Make sure you hit the subscribe button because it's free. Click on the bell. That means you'll get notifications whenever we post something new or go live. Some folks last week uh, had said, hey, thanks for sending the notification. I forgot that this was the time and now I'm on here. So the more subscribers we get, the longer we can do the show. Um, we're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com, YSGuys.com. Dr. Ketch checking in from Vegas. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Ketch is Gnub always from, on here. from uh, Washington State. And uh, last week, for the first time, we had uh, a streamer from, uh, I think it was Sydney, Australia, yep. wishing us good morning. And so we hope to have them back, too. And, and all show long, we want you to chime in with us. Uh, you're part of this show just as much as we are. If somebody comes on from Barcelona, because Newt said it must have been nice to be in Barcelona, that'd be something, because it's eight hours ahead, so they'd be coming out at like 2 a.m. So Harriman, we're saying hello. Nice job. Everybody's, everybody's excited. Les, Les, Les back in, with us. Les is down Santa in Fe. Santa Fe. Yeah. It's awesome. We know Les. Uh, and Les knows all. But Les is an insider because his son Joseph's a manager on the football team. So yeah, there you go. He knows what's going on. Hey, um, here's what we have tonight. We have an awesome show. Uh, Big 12 expansion. Colorado's in. Who's in next? Who should be in next? We'll tackle that in just a moment. Yeah. Um, practice begins today, as many of you have already noted. Um and it's an exciting day. Whenever the season starts, they actually reported yesterday. Um, today was the first practice. And so uh, pretty fun stuff. And by the way, Max Hall, the winningest quarterback in BYU history, going to join us and talk about what it's like to be in the first day of practice. Yeah, can't wait for that. Cougar Feast Box, the CEO, Jody Rookstool, is going to be in studio with us. We're going to actually see what one of these Feast Box is and why he wants us to order them for our game day experience anywhere in the country. They just went online today. They're the new big partner for BYU Sports. And so we thought, mm-hmm. Jody, come on in and, and tell us what this is going on. So he's going to show us our, our Cougar Feast Box here in just a little bit. And then uh, I'm really excited that we have Elijah Bryant coming in. He's also going to come in studio. NBA world champion, international basketball star. He's done something that we're not sure anybody else has done in BYU basketball in terms of the championships that he has won in three straight, in three years. straight years after 
BYU, kind of some fun stuff. So BYU Hoops will be talked about right after Jody Rookstall. Tremendous, uh, tremendous show. Uh, Saratoga Springs, Utah, checking in yeah, tonight. Yeah, said across the pond. I was thinking, well, I was just across the pond. A different it's pond. the other pond. It's the Utah Lake Utah Pond Lake he's talking pond. about, but we love it anyhow. Max Hall's just moments away. The big headline, of course, since we were last together, Colorado has decided they're out of the Pac-12. They're joining the Big 12 in time for next season. Um the last meeting with BYU was the 1988 Freedom Bowl. Ty Detmer came in for Sean Covey, and then Ty never came out. He right. was the start that of the, the rest be- of his career. That was career. the beginning of the Heisman Trophy run. Right the there. last time they were here in Provo was 81. McMahon and Young threw for five touchdown passes. Actually, they weren't here. That was over in Boulder in 81. Cougars won 41-20. to 20. You were on the sideline, watched all that. I just remember when we were watching the film for that, Jim McMahon said, they're seriously not going to run this defense against us, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, Coach Tolner said, yeah, well, yes, they are. And then Jim's like, we'll throw a bazillion touchdowns against these guys. And they did. And, and Jim got did. hurt, and that's why that's Steve why came Steve in. That's why Steve went in. So and, Steve was uh, right. They haven't been in Provo since 1946. I wrote an article about all that at uh, Deseret.com. You can check it out. But the bigger question is, okay, so Colorado's here, Blaine. Who do you want to join them? If you could pick one, two, or three. But let's start with one. Who do you want? If it's only, well, who do I think or who do I want? Who, who do you want? Oh, I want Washington or Oregon, but that's okay, then who do you think? It's not going to be one. Who do I think? I think Arizona is probably next up. Um, I know that they're coveted for their basketball program would be a top ten program coming in to the league, and this is a big time basketball league that the Big Twelve is, and I think they're they're likely to to be the quickest to make a decision. Um, so I think Arizona is probably the most likely. I don't think it's out of the out of the, out of the stretch of the imagination that four teams come in. Um, to the league and it could be the four corner schools maybe Oregon and Washington get impatient with the Big Ten because I think Oregon and Washington together would be the the first choice right that that's who I would want those two and you know Spencer McMillan here on the chat agrees with that but I I think it's it's probably Arizona who they're talking to next and then I like Utah as as a rivalry team I, I wouldn't be disappointed if it was Colorado Utah Arizona and Arizona State that'd be great that would be great. But I think at least one is coming. Spencer says no Utah. No, no Utah. Utah. There's a lot of people Spencer's that feel that way. But in the fun of games, there's no more fun game than the Utah game. Yeah. Basketball. Newt, you know, name the sport. Newt when they're on the schedule, his, it's like, okay. Newt's going for the four corners. He thinks it's going to be Arizona and then Arizona State and Utah. I think an outside chance that after the deal that was announced today, that's an all-streaming deal Yeah. that, that has the potential, in quotes, of being as much as the Big 12 deal based on um, how many subscriptions they get for the streaming? I mean, so the if, Pac-12, if, you're, if you're Pac-12, Dave, don't you go, hey, we've been through that deal. All the promises Larry Scott made to us about the Pac-12 network and how many subscribers are going to be to that and all the eyeballs on us, and it never materialized. No, no. Kay Porter with us uh, from South Jordan, Utah. Thank you. So the deal they announced today was it's mostly an Apple streaming deal, and, um, and the schools that sell the most subscriptions – get the most money yeah. as they look over this. And is there more of an apathetic fan base in the Pac-12 in the country than the Pac-12? They don't even go to their own home games, except for a couple of schools. So how, how is Cal, who can't get 25 people to their game, or Stanford, who can't get 15, it seems, to their game, go, you know what, yeah, so you'll, you'll, our budget will be based on subscriptions that our fans buy? They won't buy anything. And that's what we're going to do? No way. To, to me, the thing is, hey, we're doing this Pac-12 network, and people are going to have to pay a little bit extra to have that as part of their package. It, but it just 
it never blossomed. They couldn't get carriage the way they wanted it to around the country, just distribution. Um, it never turned out to be what they hoped it would be. And financially, it wasn't a good deal. Yeah. And now it's like, and I realized that these streaming entities, like Apple's a big entity, sure, right? It's a successful sure. entity. So it's a little different. They're not starting a startup. But if it's based on subscriptions, hey, I'm a huge Stanford fan because I had a son-in-law that played there. Dallas played at Stanford. And we went over and watched him. But there's a bunch of people that come to the tailgate and go back to the library. Like, nobody goes in the stadium. And this was a top five Rose Bowl champion Stanford team that Dallas was on. Yeah. And there was nobody in the stadium. You think that that fan base is going to buy a bunch of subscriptions up? No, they're not. The, the two biggest subscription bases are going. That's UCLA and USC. So, I, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, the commissioner's trying to sell a lot of potential. But there's not a lot of guaranteed do dollars, and there's not a lot of linear. In it. And I recognize that streaming's where sports is going, but I'm not sure that's ready for people, prime time yet. People love guarantees. Remember, and Tommy Boy, uh, they're out there selling that stuff, and they did, they wanted a guarantee on the box. People want a guarantee on the box, and then they'll right. buy it. Um, and, and it's the same way uh, in everything else, especially in college football. So I think that makes things shaky with the Pac-12, shakier. Yeah. And, and streaming is nothing new. Uh, BYU TV's been streaming forever. The Big 12's going to stream a lot. Yeah. Uh, most of what the Big 12 does is going to be streamed, but the bedrock is Fox and ESPN, right. which is what this Pac-12 deal does not have. Well, in the, in the Big 12 deal, it was just a package deal that says, hey, each team's this is your revenue share, um, based on the linear and everything combined. And and I never heard anything about, of course, unless ESPN Plus doesn't sell enough subscriptions, then you're not going to get that much money. Or you have to get hit these certain marks. Who's or you're not signing up get... for that? Yeah, it seemed like, a, I don't know. And, and maybe how do we'll... you make a budget based on, you know what, we want to expand our stadium. Yep. How are you going to get the money? Well, we might sell enough subscriptions. Yeah, and Newt, Newt chimes in again and says, it's got to be linear and stream combo to make sense, which is what the Big 12 deal is. Because yeah. there's got to be some guaranteed dollars there. Um, and you know what? Football still, if streaming was the answer, the SEC and the Big 10 would have a bunch of it. For sure. And it would be their primary. People want to be able to watch it on the regular they TV. They would rather be on a major network linear. And they want a remote yep. where they can jump from game Go to back, game to back game. Oh, it's, they don't even want to watch the commercials. Oh, let's, watch, let's jump over to the Southern game. Let's yeah. jump over to the Southern game. We all do it. So, so there you have it. So that's the latest on the expansion. And, and you know what? Tomorrow could be completely different, but that's where we sit yep. here on this Tuesday. Should we bring in Max? Yeah, let's bring Max Hall it's in. It's always a pleasure to welcome BYU's all-time winningest quarterback to the show. So Max has high school football practice in Arizona here in just a couple of minutes. We taped literally 10 minutes ago. And uh, let's get with our visit to the great Max Hall. All right, Max, let's get an update on your Achilles, which ruptured during the alumni game back in March. How are you doing, and will you be a game-time decision for the alumni game this next spring? There is no game-time decision. I'm in. I'm in <laughs> for next spring. I don't care how much tape and brace I got to put on. I can't, I can't end my alumni game career like that. You know what I mean? I at least need to show face. <laughs> Even if it's just calling plays, I'm going to be there. And to clarify for everybody, like you didn't injure it in the game. Right, this was like a post type of a play celebration injury, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I <laughs> yeah, I was definitely not in the game, and I was celebrating an incomplete pass. Oh man! Um, because what had happened is Kalani said, "Hey, each team has one more drive." So John went down, scored, but incomplete on the extra point. I was celebrating that because I. All right, Max, let's get an update on your Achilles, which ruptured during the alumni game. Celebrating 
an incomplete pass. Oh, man. Um, because what had happened is Kalani said, hey, each team has one more drive. So John went down, scored, but incomplete on the extra point. I was celebrating that because I got the last drive to go down. So I was like, yes, if we score, we get the extra point. This thing's over. Got a little too excited, I guess. And, uh, you know, I've been telling people, it feels like a, someone hit you with a golf club, like a four iron in the back of the heel yeah. right there, right in the Achilles, man. Uh, yeah. We felt so bad for you. But, However, you know, if if you aren't completely healed, even though it sounds like you will be, we do need a sideline reporter for our broadcast. Yeah, you could, you could join us if, if it's not. But I, th- I think you're going to be ready. I think you're going to be ready. I might just have to do a little bit of everything. Entertainer, coach, call and play, <laughs> sideline. You know, I just want to be around and be part of the crew, man. I just, that event is so awesome. So, but the recovery's going well. I'm walking around. I'm able to be at practice. And, you know, I'm just over three months. So I got probably another two and a half months before I'm really starting to be active again. Cool. And and you guys are starting the same time, really, that BYU is starting with their practice. I want to talk a little bit about both. Let's start with some big picture news, though. What do you think about Colorado joining the Big 12 and all the news around that in the last couple of days? Yeah, I, I mean, I've followed it a little bit, not a lot. Um, it just seems like everybody's trying to get out of the Pac-12. 12. <laughs> I, I, nobody wants to be there anymore, and I know there's been some controversy with it, but I, I don't know. I was excited with the teams that were already in the Pac-12, and I don't, I, in my opinion, I don't know if Colorado's a great addition or not. I, I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll let you experts kind of kind of talk about that. And um, I'm just excited that BYU's getting to be in that conference. And uh, I, I just I hope it works out well for us. Now, now you know who else they're going to let in. You're in Arizona. What's the buzz about the Wildcats? There's a there's a lot of thought that the Wildcats might be the team that joins Colorado. First of all, who cares about the Wildcats? Man, I grew up an ASU fan. They need to they need to go independent or something. I don't know, but. Um, I don't know what ASU's thinking either. I, I mean, I, I haven't really had an opportunity to talk to some of the coaches I know down here. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think you. I don't agree with you, Abe. It's, it's funny because um, my theory on all of this, the Colorado thing, is, is this, Max, that these teams know there's going to be some musical chairs. They're waiting for the deal from the Pac-12 to be announced, and and some of that was announced today where they found out that it was worth a lot less than anybody thought. It was a streaming deal, not a linear deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has potential if they can sell a bunch of subscriptions. Well, these teams have all heard that before with the Pac-12 network and mm-hmm. didn't get any subscriptions, right? So that was a bust. And so, yeah. But I think Colorado was thinking, you know what? There's going to be musical chairs, and there's only so many chairs. We're maybe the least desirable program in this league, but we kind of have an offer out there. We should take a chair right now before the music stops. And I think that was probably a smart move for them. And I think maybe Arizona was thinking the same way. I know the Big 12 is really high on basketball. And for that reason, Arizona is coveted a little bit because they're a very good basketball program. Even an ASU guy could admit that, right? Oh, no, I'll admit that all day. I I didn't really think about the other sports and how that would impact in the Big 12, but just the football program, right. I, I just don't think they're I don't think they're that caliber of a team that should be in that league. Well, be, I think BYU likes the idea because they can beat them. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some two teams. more teams BYU can beat, right? <laughs> so, and give them a game where they feel, you know, this is a win. This is a guaranteed yeah. win. Right into, right? <laughs> Former BYU quarterback Max Hall's on the Wise Guys tonight on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. The Cougars' first football practice wrapped up a short time ago. Um, what were you like on the first day of fall workouts? Were you excited? Were you just hot? What do you remember? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, excited, giddy, like just uh, butterflies, everything that goes with that because the football is starting and the, the smell of the grass and just everything that goes with it, man. I just I love it. I was a guy who loved practice. Now, I understand practice is a lot easier for quarterbacks than it is, let's say, D linemen. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I loved being out of practice and I tried to take advantage of it every day. But I went into the mindset like, hey, this is day one right here. And, you know, I, I even tell my players all the time, it's like those days got to add up. We got to brick by brick till we build the house. Right. So every day was important to me. And day one was like the tone. How are we going to set the tone for camp? You know, what what is this going to be like for us? What kind of goals do we have? What's our vision for the season? And um, now let's start putting it into action, right? We've talked about it. We've gotten through summer. We think we know the team we have. Let's figure out who our guys are and, you know, what the identity of this team is going to be. You know, BYU has a new quarterback. No Jaron Hall there this year. He's, an, he's another Arizona guy. Keaton Slovis is the yeah. guy that's expected to, to be the man. Of course, he transferred in because of that. Arizona kid, he's not a, a new quarterback by any sense of the word he's started for three years at two at usc and and one at pitt Um, if you're keaton slovis now with his experience and all that what are you working on this week as you as you finally have all the weapons around you and it's for real now at byu it's 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 exactly what you just said it's for real and guess what he's been there before that's what's so cool about that he has done this before going into a season you know preparing to be a starting quarterback so he he knows what to do he knows what it takes I think the biggest thing for him is to get his teammates to love him and trust him. And it's, I mean, you know the saying, Blaine, as the quarterback goes, the team goes. So he has got to take ownership over the team. And they, he's got to do things more than just what's required of them in practice or, or in meetings, right? He's got to do more and he's got to hold his teammates accountable because at the end of the day, it's his show. Yeah, it's you know, his show. You know, Coach Doman used to say, Max, you're the last line of defense out there. We can prepare you. We can call the play, all that. But in the moment, it's you. So he has to be not not nece- not just get himself prepared. He's got to get his team prepared. And I'm not talking about just offense. He's yeah. got to get his whole team prepared with the right mindset and attitude going into game one. You know, Max, I, I said this on Sports Nation this morning, um, and Jaron and Spencer looked at me. They're like, yeah, I, maybe that's true. I know you're a little biased like me, but I made the statement that the quarterback position in football is the most important individual position in any team sport in any sport in the world. Is that too much of a stretch, or do, would you buy in on that? That's 100% true. 100% true. When you take everything into account that a quarterback has to do as far as not only just skill set and mechanics and fundamentals, uh, the intangibles, the leadership part of it, the quick decision-making – um, being able to read a deep, you know what I mean? Lead a team, all that stuff goes into it. It is the hardest position being an NFL, like especially an NFL quarterback. That is the hardest position in sports. Some people will argue that, you know, hitting a fastball in, in the major leagues is, is kind of up there, um, which I agree with the hand-eye coordination and, and all of that. But as far as everything that goes into playing a position, 
there's nothing like playing quarterback. Yeah, right. and, and you already, you know, he already said it, Dave. Is yeah. like, as the quarterback goes, I mean, I believe that if you're really good at that position, you're good, and if you're not, you are not good. So here's hoping that Keaton is really good. I'm shocked to sit here with two quarterbacks and listen <laughs> listen to the two of you in agreement on, on that position. Hey, what can you oh, tell no, us? You agree with us? <laughs> I know. He knows it. What can you tell us about Jackson Bowers, six five, four star tight end from the Mesa area? He's getting ready for his freshman season. Does he have any Dennis Pitta in him? I hope so. You know, I I got to see him a little bit um, last summer, and then I watched. I got to get some film on him during the season, and there's definitely some things he needs to work on. Um, but from what I hear, he's he's gotten in better shape. Um, he, he's got a good attitude about him, and he's kind of ready to go into this season. So um, I, I hope so. I haven't seen enough of him, but. I think he has a ton of potential, and it's really going to be up to him to go seize that potential. But um, I don't—I wish I could be there at practice. Like yeah. I really do. I wish I could be there and see everybody, and I could give you guys uh, a better account of what I think is going on. But I know Jackson was a great player here in Arizona. He played at my alma mater, Mountain View, and yeah. uh, we're all really excited about him. So I hope he can be another one of those you know, solid tight ends for BYU. You know his physical skills pretty well, at least. And um, and he's a big, strong kid. Is he big enough and strong enough to maybe get in and compete this year and play this year? You know, he, there's a, a decent tight end room. Isaac Rex, who played mm-hmm. at about 70%, last year with that ankle injury is 100%. So that gives BYU a really solid starter again. You have Mason Wake that kind of plays that H-back, F-back, sometimes tight end when they go two tights. And then Ethan Erickson had a really nice freshman season last year. They like him. So those three guys are there. It's a pretty good tight end room. Is he good enough physically um, to maybe get on the field this year, or is it going to be a little bit more of a project, do you think? I think talent-wise he is. Now, I don't know what his body looks like right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen him in probably a year. Mm-hmm. So if he has his body ready to go, then the answer is yes. And you know what's funny? I actually just thought of a good comparison for him is Daniel Coates. Mm-hmm. Daniel Coates? Yeah. Like, I think this can be a kid who's good in the run game because Daniel was an awesome blocker, but then he was athletic enough to run routes and get out and catch the ball. So I think that's a pretty good comparison um, for him you know, in the, in the tight end room. Man, we take that. That, that was a great group that, yeah. you know, Daniel, there was a whole group of tight ends at that time that were yeah. really good. And then, then Dan went on and played fullback in the NFL for a couple yeah. of seasons. So really, really gifted and versatile. That would, hey, I'd love it if he ended up being as good as Daniel Coates. Max Hall's our guest on the Wise Guys. He won a school record, 32 games as BYU's quarterback, 33 if you count the alumni game. Also the <laughs> offensive coordinator at American Leadership Academy in Queen Creek, Arizona. Max, you have a quarterback who transferred in for the season, six foot three Enoch Watson, who's committed to play at BYU. Tell us about this guy. Uh, Enoch's a great kid. So we were, I, I was lucky to get him. You know, he uh, transferred to us. He, he was living up in Flagstaff playing for, a, you know, a team that didn't really throw the ball very much. And so he, he wanted to come down and play his senior season here. But I've been really impressed with him. I think BYU is getting a great, not only a great kid, but a great quarterback because right away when he came in, he was able to gain the trust of his teammates. Uh, right away, we knew he was a humble, hardworking kid. Um, and then I watched him throw for the first time and I'm like, this kid is talented. So if he can put all this together, um, I got a special player here. So I'm really looking forward to what he does, uh, this season, but even after this season, I'm looking forward to what he can do at BYU. Um, I think he has the size, the talent, the skill set, 
the leadership ability to really be something special at the next level. So my job this year is to, to get them ready for that. And, uh, you know, also I think we're going to have a pretty good team this year and, um, you know, see, see, see what damage we can do. It's, it's an interesting kind of a, a scenario for you, a little pressure, maybe like for you and Tyco, here comes this kid, you're sending him to BYU, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were looking at the numbers for you and Ty combined. 26,396 passing yards, 215 touchdowns, a Heisman Trophy. I mean, you guys just can't send anybody up here. He can't be a dog when he gets up here. If you guys are sending him, you better be pretty good, right? So no pressure or anything, but you got to get this guy ready to come up here. I'll get him ready. Don't worry about that. I'll get him ready. <laughs> now, the, the, only, the only thing I'm a little worried about is um, I, I'm, 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 I'm a little short in the offensive line. Yeah. I don't have a ton of linemen this year. So I actually went down and met with Steve Clark, um, and he spent he was gracious enough to spend like two and a half three hours with me going over different formations and protections and boots and you know what I mean different stuff where I can move the move pocket. the quarterback around a little bit yeah makes sense and, and uh, the other thing too is it's we're going to be running some of their stuff this year so Enoch's already going to get to run some of BYU stuff um, in, in preparation for that but I was. Really happy after my meeting there. I think I got some really good scheme to help us out in that area and let Enoch do his thing. And what a Steve was on the show last week here. Um, what a great coach and what a fantastic human being, huh? I know you know him pretty well. Uh, amazing, amazing person. One, of, he's one of the one of the best. You know what I mean? He was a GA at BYU when I was there and got to know him and became friends with him and then followed his coaching career. And now that he's back at BYU, I believe Ty is the one who brought him back to BYU, right, as his tight ends coach and. You know, he's small in stature and he'll tell you that. But when you start talking with him, you start understanding that this guy knows football. Mm-hmm. And he's very smart and talented and coaches and he's he's an awesome coach. So um I actually called A Rod to meet with him and he's like, dude, go meet with Steve. He's there, like he'll, nice. he'll, he'll give you everything you need. So I was he he's a good friend and, and a great coach and um, you know, I I just love the guy. He's a great, great dude. And he's a shredder on the guitar, he told us last week. No, he isn't. That's what he said. said He's a shredder, yeah. He can play. And his daughter chimed in with a question about about being the the ultimate shredder. And and he goes, yeah, yeah, I do that. It's like, (laughs) you just got more cool. The longer we talked to him, he got more cool. He's a renaissance man. Hey, I know you have practice here in just a few minutes. So we got one more question for you. The the expectations you have for BYU in this first year as as a Power 5 program, what do you got? Oh, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go with a record. I don't know if you guys are setting me up with like a, no, 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 you don't no, have just, to, you don't have to do that. We, I mean, we've thrown that out there. I, I just said yeah. if they, if they won seven, I'd be thrilled, but I'm not going to be surprised if they win eight or nine games this year. I just, I have that yeah. much confidence in what they got coming back, especially on the offensive side. So I've kind of, I've set the over under at seven, which I think is reasonable. Um, we're just saying like, what, what, what things will make you feel good? What would be your measuring stick for a successful season for them this year? I just think I I think number one they need to play like they got nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like going into this thing, they can't they can't pucker up. They can't make it too a bigger moment than what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And they, they need to go in there and they need to fight and prove that they belong. You know, and I think this is a critical season, first one where they go in there and say, "Hey, we belong here. We're not here to roll over and be a bottom half of this league. We're here to win this league and set the tone early and and." You know, inside the team at BYU, that needs to be the attitude. That needs to be the tone is that we're not just going to try to compete in this league. We're going to win. 
And I think if you have that attitude and that confidence going into these games, I think we have the team and the talent to to win a lot of these games. And I think I think seven's a good number. And I, I think everybody would be happy happy with that number, seven or more. Yeah. ALA kicks off the season Friday, August twenty fifth against Seguero. Am I saying that right? Seguero? Isn't it Seguero? Seguero? It's Seguero. Seguero. Seguero cactus. Oh, so it's those cactus we see when we drive into Phoenix. Seguero. Yeah, the ones with the big arms, you know? Yeah, Seguero. Listen, I looked at it. I looked at the spelling. And I didn't come up with that. Yeah. So that's the opener. That's just a few weeks out. How excited are you for this season? I'm really excited. I love our team. I just, I love these kids. I love coaching them. Uh, I love getting the most out of them. And, you know, we will not be the most talented and biggest team. Uh, with a lot of the opponents we'll play, but we got kids with a lot of heart. We got kids that want to learn and execute. And honestly, we have a great coaching staff. Our kids will be ready to go. And, uh, you know, Saguaro, they just got a new coach, Zach Hill, who was the offensive coordinator at ASU a few years ago. And so that's going to be a nice challenge. And I don't know what defense he's going to throw at me and what's going on, but I'm, I'm excited to get this thing going. And we have a pretty, really good opponent to start the season. All right, Max, we wish you the best of luck. We've got your book for the pregame show on, uh, yeah. on the Oklahoma game, right, November? Are you coming up in November for that game to come on with us? We asked you before when you said, if I'm up there, I'm on the show. So we're just Is asking again. Game? It's November 18th. Yeah. Oklahoma at home. Oh, I have to be at that That's game. what we you were do. thinking. That's why we thought that would show. be the time to have you on the pregame show. So just right. put, put it down and just plan on it, all right? And we're going to plan right. on it. Jack, Jack told me he owes me. For tearing my Achilles, so I'm gonna hit him up. So come on, man. <laughs> hit him up. Game, he dude. owes you tickets, so that'll be a good one. We'll plan to have yeah. you on the show, and best of luck, and we'll touch base with you as you get into your season. The great yeah. Max Hall on great. the Wise Guys. Good luck, Max. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. One of the beloved in Cougar Nation, the great Max Hall. Uh, we taped it just a few minutes ago before his high school practice. We're back live now, and here's a look at he's got his high school schedule. This is what yeah. BYU has coming. And, and Blaine, ESPN's game day announced it's going to kick off the season with the North Carolina-South Carolina game for game day on September 2nd. So we got to thinking, is there a game on BYU's schedule that you think warrants ESPN's game day? To me, it depends. Like, they not, they're not going to do a BYU game early in the season because they want to wait and see how BYU is doing, right? Yeah. And so to me, it's end of season, like it's October on type of a game. Um, and so, so ones that come to mind to me, BYU at TCU on October 14th. That could be good. TCU's coming off a national championship game appearance. If BYU's having a magical season... Can you imagine if they're 6-0 and going into that and TCU is also 6-0? and And they were in the championship game last year? Yeah, that, that would warrant game day being And they tried there. to keep our fans out, and yep. yet they couldn't? That would warrant it. <laughs> so at Texas on October 28th would be another one. Texas with huge expectations this year. Everybody's saying they could run the table. They've got the talent. The staff has been there. They yeah. know the offense now. they got returning, you know, returning quarterbacks. So Texas is another one. But, again, it would depend. If, if BYU is – even if they're – Five and what? Let's see, six and one at that time, and ranked. And Texas, say Texas is undefeated at that point. That would be a big enough game to warrant. Texas has a chance to be really, really good this year. And if, it's, the problem with getting the Texas game is they've got a whole bunch of games that would be game day games, like right. Kansas State the following week, right? Right. Uh, for the last time, so we'd have to get lucky a little bit. Uh, and then the other two I look at late in the season, Oklahoma. Um, but I feel like that's less likely. It, it's to me, I you know I think that one because it's a name brand. Yeah. But Oklahoma struggled a little bit last year, and I don't know that they're going to be back this year and be in the top ten. 
Uh, but but what if Oklahoma State has a huge rebound and they come back and it's the last game of the season and there's there's some conference ramifications involved in that one. That's another one. To me, the most likely would be Texas because I think Texas has the chance, um, the most likely team based on talent, to maybe be undefeated at that at that time. And if BYU is having a magical season, that would be a big, uh, you know, a big game yeah. with two teams with national names at Texas. That, that would be the most likely. We're on live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch and YSGuys.com. Uh, all you streamers, let us know where you're watching from, and we'll connect the world again like we like to do every week. Um, we're going we're gonna to have some food here in a minute. Before we get to that, and Elijah Bryant's coming up later in the show, which is going to be awesome. 24-7 Sports released their college football all-name team. So the all-name team... Uh, and we picked out a few of them. And then we're going to roll out a couple of BYU guys and see if you think they could yeah, if they would qualify hang with this mix. But this. Uh, they've got one. General Booty is a kid who plays quarterback against o- yeah. for Oklahoma. Yeah, General Booty. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> they've got DeColdest Crawford. DeColdest. He's the DeColdest Crawford I know, wide receiver at Louisiana Tech. Uh, Florida Atlantic has a tight end named Rowdy Beers. You do get rowdy if you have a few too many Rowdy Beers. beers. Um, Tiger Shanks is an offensive <laughs> lineman at UNLV. <laughs> For uh, Kentucky, they got a defensive lineman named Octavius Oxendite. Not, not easy to say. doesn't roll off your tongue, Octavius Oxendite. <laughs> um, Chief Borders is a linebacker at Nebraska. Chief Borders. Chief Borders. How about uh, for Duke, they got a linebacker named Memorable Factor. Memorable factor. Well, and it's, think about it. Oh, if he's the MVP on defense in a game, I mean, he was a memorable factor in this game. And if he cost Duke the win... He is also a memorable factor. DB from Alabama is Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think that's my favorite. I like it a lot. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, Louisville has a defensive back named Storm Duck. Seems like he should have gone to Oregon. <laughs> he should have gone to Oregon. Yeah, not a Cardinal. It's a Duck. Well, and then there's a DB at LSU, Major Burns. Like Frank Burns? That's what I was thinking. Like Major Burns <laughs> and, um, from, from uh, MASH. Frank no, Burns. No way is his name Major Burns. So. so then we started thinking, all right, we looked at BYU's roster and we go, well, what do we got? Do we have some unique names on there? And um, so we, uh, we got Ethan Slade, safety. Yeah. Ethan Slade. Yeah. Raider DeMooney. Well, yeah. With the name Raider, could that play off? Yeah. What, uh, Maury Bamba. Yeah. Maury Bamba is a unique name. That's a unique name. Uh, lucky Finau. So he's lucky. Lucky fee now. So that was it. That was all I could come up yeah, with. Can you not, think of any? There's not a bunch of them. No. Um, uh, the new transfer from Utah State, who was their leading tackler last year, AJ, I can't even say like his last Bonk name. Pachang, yeah. Bonk Pachang. Yeah, I mean, that's a unique name. That's but it's, unique. But it's not like a... Wouldn't make of, the all-name team. No, not wouldn't make the all-name team. Um, with, there's some tough names. So... Yeah. Yeah, there Sua are some Mata'ia. tough names. So Kingsley Suamata'ia. It's not an easy one, but that I'm not sure. Not. I'm not sure that BYU has any that are on the all name team. So I think that's cool. The all name team. Uh, let's bring in our next guest. He's the founder of Built Bar and the CEO of Feast Box. And if you're a close follower of BYU sports, you've heard the words Feast Box more in the last two weeks than at any other time in your life. They have a unique thing going with the Cougars, and here to talk about it is Jody Rookstool. He is, as mentioned, the CEO. We welcome you to Wise Guys and. And we're going to meet Chef Daniel in a minute. But uh, good to have you here. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Dave. I'm excited to be here. Feast Box. It's got to do something with dinner and something to do with sports. Tell us what it is. 
Well, the concept is uh, one thing we know is as football fans, feasting and football tend to always go together, right? No matter what we're doing, food and football just go together. And so, you know, we sat down with Fessy and Kalani back in March and April and the sponsorship team and said, how do we, one, help BYU kind of navigate this new NIL path that they're trying to blaze? And two, you know, we had this amazing cuisine that was one of my favorites, which is Texas barbecue, Hawaiian barbecue, Korean barbecue. And that's what we're really, really good at. We have a production building in, in Springville. And, you know, we brought a bunch of chefs in and different pit masters. And those are the three that kind of rose to the top. But in the game day box, which we'll talk about, we got a bunch of other really fun flavors, too. Yeah, you, you have a website that went live today, cougarfeast.com. Just went live today, right? It did, yep. Today so, was launch day. So what what is that and what's that all about? So what that is is really an at-home tailgating experience for Cougar fans all across the country. Um, No matter where you live, any of the 48 states, we have these two incredible meats, two sides, and these really fun appetizers, and it's for 12 people. When you say 12, we mean 12 adults. Now, some people may split it and say, hey, it's six for the game and six for Sunday dinner and kind of split it up a little bit, but uh, it's a feast. And the food is the foundation, right? That's what we do. We specialize in that. But anywhere in the United States. So if if you're a BYU fan, you're getting ready to watch that Oklahoma game that we just talked about um, at home. And let's say you're in upstate New York where I grew up, right? Right. You're like, hey, we want to do a cougar tailgate party. You order this stuff ahead of time, and it comes all the way from Utah. And it's like, how does that work? Well, one of the things we've gotten really good at over the last two years is, one, making food that we can preserve and have it taste just like it came off the grill, you know, three, four, five, six days later. So we do. We we do a unique cook process. I call it food tech, which normally isn't a word you use for the food. But we can take that, preserve it, vacuum seal it, and there's some unique things that we do with marinades to keep it really fresh. And so when it reheats um, in your oven or even you know on your barbecue or if you want to do it that way, the food's shipped to you. Um, it, it goes either overnight or the next in two days, depending on where you live, and you'll get it on Thursday or Friday. You put it in your fridge, and it's ready to go in about five minutes of prep on game day. So you're going to show us what's in a feast box. We are. And what's on the menu. And, uh, and then... Uh, at, and then to order, you go to the site and you just kind of, okay, you know what? We're going to have a party uh, for the Kansas game. And so I'm going to order. I'm going to have 12 people here and, and I'm going to do this. And the reason I'm going to do it here instead of down the street at a place is I get to help BYU Athletics at the same time. That, that's the amazing part is we found a way through, uh, you know, Kalani. Oh, my and, goodness yeah, gracious. Yeah, what do we got there? So, Let's, we'll get to Kalani in a minute. What do you got <laughs> yeah. there? One, we've got our smoke brisket, a uh, beautiful smoke ring on it. You guys keep asking questions. <laughs> yeah, why don't you guys Dave, start Dave, can you, uh, <laughs> yeah. can you Dave's a little bit further away. Hey, so we got brisket, we got our mashed potatoes, we got our cowboy oh, baked beans. These are just three. So every meal comes with two sides, as you can see. That's How'd you one get this of them. warmed right now? Did you already just warm this just now, or did you bring it warm? Same way we do. We just warm it in an oven, keep it hot in the tin. Oh, and UPS brings it? or UPS drops, UPS or FedEx, depending on where you live. No kidding. Yeah. What if you want to do something like this for a tailgate right here? At BYU, how does, how does that So work? the great thing is it's it's literally pre-made tailgate food. So if, if you want to spend two hours grilling it, you're welcome to. But Or you can literally do this version, and you got the brisket. you got trite, you know, mm. all of our different meats um, across, you know, really five different types of so barbecue. So this, this one's beans, mashed potatoes with lots of good cheese. All right, so while Blaine's salivating over that, now explain. I shouldn't be talking with my mouth full, but I was. <laughs> explain why Cougar fans. That's awesome, Daniel. Thanks. Daniel, where are you going with that? Yeah. 
Wait, let Dave have a brisket. Ex- explain why why Cougar fans need to order this and, and who benefits, and we'll get to the Absolutely. charity. So first yeah, and foremost, um, this all <laughs> happened through a process with Kalani and the, and the sponsorship team. How do we help BYU win in the NIL world? Um, first, it was candidly, it's been a little bit of a, a, a problem for sure. BYU. They're not going to jump into the pay-to-play and right. open bags of cash for kids because they run a 4-4 or whatever. It was just not gonna, and Kalani's never going to do it. Right. So what we tried to come up with is, one, how do you first and foremost focus on helping the student-athlete grow? And so we launched actually yesterday with the BYU team a mentor-based um, NIL program, where there's a combination of what is name and image and likeness, which is what we've done. We've got Aiden Robbins and Caleb and Tyler Batty and, you know, Connor Pay and a bunch of great players that are part of this NIL where there is an NIL component. So first, there is that benefit. Second, the biggest thing Kalani wanted and what really bound this together was he wants his players focused on doing good and being involved with charity. Yeah. And so 10% of all the proceeds from the, feast, the Cougar Feast goes back to feed families in need through Full of Hope, the charity. So it's players, it's 10% of every sale is going back to feed families in need. And then third, obviously there's a, there's a benefit to BYU and the BYU athletic department that's coming. And then fourth, obviously feast box if there's anything left over, so. Our friend uh, from Santa Fe, New Mexico said, yes sir, ordered a box for the Arkansas game. All right. Oh, nice, already, already ordered in. it, last way to already go. In. Um, we, oh my goodness. Why didn't the wings come over here? You just all going over there? Is that so how now this is? This is, this is I, I think we need to swing salad. around to Dave. So Dave's here's another menu. So Mac so, salad, wings, and what's that right there? This is our sweet and spicy pork. It's on our Korean oh menu. Oh my gosh. So first of all, you know, every box comes with two meats. So like game one, for example, game one, Sam Houston. Right. You can choose the Texas box or you can choose the Korean box. Every box is two meats. Two sides. Is this the Korean box? This is part of the Korean box. That the sweet one is and spicy right there. Yeah. This would be an appetizer, like the wings. This is the mac salad that's part of our Hawaiian box. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of gave you a sampling, but I, Dan, last, I think you what need is, to swing this last, around. What is, your order, what is your order Definitely for the... Uh, swing around here. What is your order for the, the Arkansas game? I went with... Uh, I think he went with uh, Memphis... Memphis, uh, Memphis style. Yeah, BYU Sports like. Addict says, can you guys please stop it? I haven't had dinner yet. Kay Porter says it smells <laughs> so, so good. Oh Must God. have one of those. Mike's yeah. in from Beaumont, Texas. Kay um, Porter's got a smell mic now, at his house. And visiting with you before you got yeah. here, this is, uh, yes, just go ahead and leave the whole so, thing here. Uh, this, this is an emotional project for Kalani Sataki. You know, um, the thing that drew me to this project, I got to tell you, was... Kalani the man, not just Kalani the coach, but his passion to do things the right way honestly stunned me. Like I knew him a little bit, but I didn't know him like I got to know him through this process. And what I learned is he, he, there were several things he said to me over and over through the course of seven or eight meetings. One, I want to build this team around character and culture. We'll never win an arms race against the big boys, ever. They will always outspend us. So how does BYU do it the BYU way? And, you know, I could tell there was some frustration with some of the things that had happened in the NIL world with him. And, and so I think what he was trying to do is say, look, if we're going to go into the Big 12 and compete, we can't just simply try and outspend because it'll never happen. And so we got to do it in a way that's going to attract those type of players that want to be part of that culture. Certainly being in the Big 12 helps, but, you know, you take Aiden Robbins and Caleb Etienne, for example, you know, I asked them, why are you here? Why did you, you could have got a check somewhere else. And they said, first and foremost, 
we love how we felt when we were part of the process. We love the feeling. We love the players. We love the culture. And they fit, right? You know, they're going to be two huge impact guys. And that's why I think what Kalani's committed to. Yes, there's some money that needs to fund to some of those players. But Kalani's pretty serious about it doesn't need to be a truckload of money. You know, he, and I've heard Kalani talk, and we've talked to some, some other folks that are involved in NIL. And, you know, you got to be able to go sell your NIL program. Um, the benefit of what what this does for the athletes, the athletes' family, and all that. In some places, like you said, just backing up a truck of cash and saying, "Hey, how's two hundred fifty thousand dollars sound?" Right? And and we've yeah. heard Kalani say, "It's not only about the charity part of what we want to do, but it's giving these players business mentors that that they can get involved with that help them understand how to run a business, how to build a business, how to b- build an income over time, and to support themselves forever when they get out of school." Other schools aren't talking about that. Um, is that something that you've talked about with Kalani? And are you mentoring some of these players that you just talked about so that they can learn how to do this on their own and go away from BYU with a set of skills to be able to run a business, which makes them better for the rest of their lives? And that you just hit on, Blaine, the entire point of the program is he's committed. Look, less than 2% of players are going to end up in the NFL getting a paycheck. Right. And it's a three-year average career, right, Which, if you do make it. So it's not like most of these guys, most of them, when they leave BYU, they're done. That's the last time they'll put on pads. So the goal is when they leave, how are they equipped to go to the world? One, with the network they've developed. So there is an initial group of seven mentors that have started, and each of us have about ten players that we're working with. And the goal is not just to help them do the business part of it, which is we'll call that the actual name, image, and likeness. But it's also how do we help them become better men? How do we help them develop the skills so their career, particularly in leadership, no matter what career path they go, how do we help establish that so that their experience at BYU truly changes them forever? That's really the BYU way. If you think about what what BYU is all about, is trying to change their character. And that's the, cult, the yes, there's money involved. But Kalani's adamant, it's never going to be what some of the other programs right. are yeah. going to be. If, so. if I'm a parent, you know, and it goes back to the old saying, yeah. you know, hey, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime, right? And so um, give, give a kid a bunch of money and he has a knee injury and he's gone and that's it. Yep. He gets a check. And then is he any better for that when the check's gone? Or... Get these guys involved in programs where they learn, get life skills, learn how to run a business, have a network of people to help them get that thing set up, and they make it. They you know they have a chance to come out of this program at BYU and make it uh, income for a lifetime with skill sets. Exactly. If I'm a parent, which do I want my kid to be involved in? I want him in that program. Where, where he learns to take care of himself and be a family guy and do all of that the rest of his life and not just a wheelbarrow full of cash that goes away the minute he gets hurt. Well, and, and think about it from this perspective. If you're on that team and some kid that you've never seen has hasn't stepped foot on that campus gets this big check and everybody else has been busting their tail for two years gets nothing, how does that blend in the culture? It doesn't. Yeah. You saw it at Texas A&M. You see yeah. it at other schools. It just doesn't translate. And so if you bring it in, and, and the goal is a team-wide mentor-based NIL. Now, we're going to have to get a, some additional mentor sponsors involved, but the goal is first get it across the whole team. Mm-hmm. And that's really, and there's some other programs that, that there's an incredible model that's been built, and we're just launching it. But Kalani and BYU are determined to do it this way, and this Cougar Feast really is the first product that's like, hey, Cougar Nation, no matter where you're at, 
no matter where you live, one, be part of that game day. Whether you can't be yeah. at the stadium, be part of game day. And, and, and by the way, Dan, bring this in for a second. I'm gonna yeah, there's this. more than just food in this I, I, I got to show this because box. this was the fun part that as we put this together. Um, every BYU fan knows um, uh-huh. they, they love swag. So we got fun things like pickleball rackets nice. that are going to go in. We got great hats, and it's all BYU gear. There's about $100 of BYU gear. You got different hats, and every, every week's a different package. But the goal was, hey, not only can I have this food experience, but we got this swag that shows up, and now it feels like this BYU fan event. So no matter where they're at, they can kind of feel connected to the team. Everybody loves swag. Everyone it stays loves behind. Swag. And everybody knows it's not cheap either. So, right. <laughs> you know, getting that free as part of the package is something we put together. Jody Rookstool is the CEO of Feastbox on Wise Guys Tonight. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. And YSGuys.com. Spencer's ordering his for the TCU game. Yeah, our, our, uh, our, and somebody's asking, like, Kay Porter hey, you had deliver a question. to Austin. Um, and you do deliver to Austin, We right? deliver to yeah. all 48 states. They were asking, do you have to be at the game? What if you're at the game in Austin and you want to tailgate in Austin with this food in Austin? Well, here's that's, the, that's a little tougher one. I'm giving you no, a tough one. No, actually, what's great about this, so think about this. If all I'm doing is taking... Oh, my goodness gracious. So, I, to, I told these, you, these I told you guys to come hungry. Hey, can I get some mashed potatoes on there? <laughs> and maybe some of those baked beans? So here's the amazing part about it. <laughs> and I've done this both ways. Oh my you can goodness. take those, pre, those trays that we, 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 we do a unique technology where we par cook it, flash cool it, and then vacuum seal it. Whether I open that vacuum seal and put it in my oven, or I just literally can physically put it on the grill, or I can put the pan on the grill, add a tailgating experience, it's now your tailgating food that you can focus on the fun and the football and the swag and not necessarily have to just be tending the grill the whole time. So two meats, two you, – and, and the great thing is on a price per person, we tried really hard to make this affordable for Cougar Nation no matter where you live. It's less than a meal at Chick-fil-A, you know, anywhere oh, wow. from $10 per person to as high as about 14, 13, 1330 per person, I think, is what it is right now during our preseason sale. Oh, yeah. So Sweet. that – that, that was another factor that BYU was like, look, it's got to be affordable for everybody no matter where they're at. We've got your link up for everyone to see on all our platforms, uh, cougarfeast.com. Um, we're going to eat this here yeah, in a minute. Hey, Dan, Elijah's in the house, so you better bring that Elijah's Elijah. here. I, I Elijah Bryant's going to join us in a minute. Elijah's going to join us Elijah on, on, on sure set in just a minute, but before he does, we ought to give him something to <laughs> yeah, eat. I'm feeling like... All right, uh, for all our guests, we do five questions. You ready? Let's yeah, do it. you ready for this? And first of all, we, we think this is fantastic. So we're yeah. glad to... This is great stuff. Glad to, to, to help you, to be a part of it. And uh, we speak to Cougar Nation in a very unique way. And, and, uh, and a lot of folks will see this tonight. So thank you. Love it. Okay, all right, here number we go. one. Favorite sports movie? Favorite, uh, remember the Titans, not even close. Okay, that's, that's, our, that's close. our... You know what? Um, that's our number one overall. Yeah, for, I think for, so. For everyone's remember the Titans. Okay, so we're gonna ask you these, so pay attention, Elijah. Not exactly the same ones, but favorite. Most of them are the same. Favorite singer or band? Oh, favorite singer or band? Let's go with the Eagles. 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 See, that's a good old school one. We just saw the tribute band over at the Sierra Shell. Okay, uh, they're pretty good. Fun. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favorite breakfast cereal. This is important. Favorite, this is how we uh, really know about somebody. Ooh, we're gonna have to go with chocolate chucks. Thank goodness. Chocolate what? Chucks. 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 Okay. Okay. So I thought you said chucks. I'm like, is there a cereal that I, that's evaded me? Chocolate all these and chucks. I thought yes. it was just like chunks of chocolate. I'm like, now that is my kind of breakfast cereal right there. Chocolate chucks. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, your favorite BYU moment? Uh, 
No question, hands down, three weeks off my mission, I walk onto BYU campus. My, my first game I ever go to is Miami. Oh, yeah. That was the first game? It was the highlight of my entire BYU career, and it was the first one. So that was three weeks after getting home from my mission, and, like, I still remember it with chills. If you have to pick one, that would be... That was it. I date date myself. I was out on the field. I I called some guy's shoulders. Really? Doing the whole thing. It was awesome. So while you were out celebrating, Ty Detmer was running for his life, making a beeline to the (laughs) locker room. Yeah, I didn't get to see that because I was down on the the field with the fans. Yeah, the environment that night was like none I've ever felt before. It was, magic. It, was, it, was it was like was electric magic. in that stadium. I got to call yeah. that game a long time ago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a good one. Um, your favorite feast box item? Favorite feast box item. And by I, the way, I'm digging. What is this stuff again, Dan? This right here? You, you just picked it up. It's the sweet and spicy pork. Yeah. That is my favorite. By the way, speaking of spicy, those chicken wings had a kick. <laughs> Did you have one of the wings? Yeah, yeah, they're great. I was worried it was going to be too messy. Okay, I'm having. They this. might have been yeah. messy, but there's some napkins over there. Yeah, the, the, okay. the sweet and spicy pork is is by by far my favorite. That so. is some good sweet stuff right there. Pork. I'm telling you right now, that is some good stuff. And the brisket is great too. Yeah, I better try the beans. I can't. I have to only speak on things I know. And you've jumped into a ma- your yes. major a major partner with BYU. Yeah, and BYU football. You know, because here's the here's the reality that most people think. Oh, NIL, just throw some money at these kids. Well, as a business. There's no return on investment in the just straight NIL. It's not possible. Yeah. The only way it would work is if somehow you get BYU and their voice, right, their ability to push it out through all the channels they have. And that's when the corporate sponsor team got involved. I'm like, okay, if we blend these two and we make it a, a, a BYU full of hope player combination with Feastbox sort of supporting it underneath, that's the combination that was working. We, we knew that was the only way it was going to work is to be a full corporate sponsor with them. And, and so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Neil uh, Jones is live from Tucson with us, praying that the uh, U of A folks vote to join the Big 12. <laughs> Who do you want in the Big 12? you got to pick one team, let's say. Uh, if I'm going to pick one out of the out of the rumor mill of what's going on, I'd say we're, we're we're I think we're all hoping that that Arizona gets pushed over the edge here in the next 24 hours. That would be nice. I, I'm still I'm still holding hope out that maybe there's an Oregon Washington deal coming. I, you know, I, as, that's as a, a long long shot. Arizona is more of a likely deal. I, I actually was enrolled at the University of Washington and you know right after my mission and, and backed out and got in a car and headed to BYU. So I Good have a little, little bit of ties, but it definitely would have taken my life in a different direction. Hey, a shout out to uh, Todd Wright tuning in tonight from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, we you, watching on us the, eat on this show. We have had um, had one from Australia last week. We, we, we have them from all over the United States, but we've had some it. fun fun folks in from. We've had South Korea. We got five hundred thousand um, alumni all over yeah, the place. So. We have we have exactly. them joining from Japan. Uh, Corey Yushimura usually joins us every week from Japan, unless he's off doing a tournament. He, he's uh, one of the guys that runs the PGA Tour and. In Japan, Love we think it. we're gonna have um, some folks in Turkey yeah. watching tonight because yeah, we tweeted Elijah's out that Elijah's coming on, and he's, and he's like he's a champion over in Turkey. So, um, so we appreciate you being on. This is a great thing. First of all, it's really really good and it's fun. But we love that it benefits BYU and the athletes at BYU and charity all at the same time. And this uh, this great look at how to it took us a little longer to get this program out than some because some were just saying, well, let's just. Fill up a dump truck full of cash and just put yep. it on people's driveways. And, and long-term, that wasn't going to be sustainable. This is a, the beginning of a long-term, sustainable yeah, way it, to exactly. help BYU's athletes and to teach them so, skills and so to help the program. Let's queue up that image for a second as we're just that image that we hey, got. And in. as, you, as yeah. we wrap up, uh, 
Richard's joining us from <laughs> Panama. I love so it. So Panama's in with us tonight. Love it. All right. So this is uh, this is Aiden Robbins ready to eat. This is Aiden, in, in, <laughs> and I got to tell you, he probably is the, the the funniest guy I've seen since Jamal Williams, and in a BYU uniform, he loves to dance. And, and, he and had a Aiden fun time is a baller it. too. That guy he, is. Unreal. He rushed for a thousand yards last year for a team that really doesn't have an offensive line at UNLV. Yeah. And, and we knew he was going to be good when we asked uh, Kelly Papinga, BYU's linebackers coach, who was coaching the backers at Boise State, top 20 defense last year. And he's like, dude, we we did everything to set our defense up to do nothing but stop that guy. Yeah. And they weren't very good up front. And he still rushed for over 100 yards on us. And I said, okay, he's going to be just fine then. Yeah. What, yeah. A, what a great spokesman for you. Yeah. yeah. How about that? And, and Aiden, he is a phenomenal human being. Like, I love Aiden. Yeah, I've gotten to know him. And, you know, I got it with, with Kingsley on the left and Caleb on the right and Connor in the middle. And we got a couple guys battling for guard spots. I got to tell you, Aiden is going to be in the end zone a lot. This he's going to play behind it. what I think could be, maybe before it's all over, the best offensive line in the Big 12. Which is usually not what happens when a team goes from, well, we haven't really had a team go from independence to a P5 program, but um, BYU's doing that. But from a G5, you usually don't match up up front, but those two guys, and you mentioned those guys, and you said that uh, that uh, Etienne is, is part of your NIL program. Yeah, he is. Um, How many feet box can he eat by himself? Of a, of a human well, being. first of all, out of my group of players, I've got six guys that go over 300. Yeah, and so six over three. Pounded it only, some think, food last it only week. seems like if you're doing a feast box, you ought to have yeah, to have guys yeah, over three hundred. It, it's either twelve people or four of those guys. So that's sort of the, the yeah, amount. That of sounds food. about but, right. But you know, Caleb's uh, that guy is going to make an impact. I mean, you put Kingsley on the left and Caleb on the right. Oh man, I got to tell you, um, Keaton's going to be feeling really comfortable back there to keep those ends protected because yeah. those monsters are two on the edge, monstrous men protecting yeah. him and those corners. Jody Rookstool, CEO of Feast Box, thanks for coming tonight. Are you going to buy the way? Are you going to leave some of that? Uh, so, we're going to leave all of it. Wait, oh, really? No, all of it? Elijah's going to have to just finish pounding it when he's done here. When he's done, he'll Elijah, go after Elijah it. won't eat before he comes on. I'm going to have one more bite of this. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. Let us know how we can help. Absolutely. Okay, Thank Daniel, you, thanks for coming in. And uh, the big party is so going much. on over there. Our whole crew is going to go eat instead of do this show. And just as uh, before we bring Elijah on, um, speaking of basketball, as we make that turn, the Big 12 Matrix was released this last week. Uh, National basketball analyst John Rothstein tweeted out, the average number of quad one games, and, and Eli will perk up with this, the average number of quad one games per team last season for each power conference. Um, the Big 12 had 21. Yeah, 21 quad one games. The Big 10 had 14.1. The SEC had 14. The Big East, 13.3. ACC, which used to be a lot better than it is now, 10.9. And the Pac-12 down to 9.3. And the WCC is, is not in this matrix because they're not in the Power 5. But, um, but BYU, I think, I think played, I don't know, it was a single-digit number of quad one games. And everyone in the Big 12 was playing 21 because they were playing each other. And that's what we got going on. Yeah, and, and uh, so, that's and the world we're going it, into. It's been, I can't remember if it's 11 of the last 12 or 12 of the last 13 years, the Big 12 has been rated as the number one power conference in college basketball. So BYU's got a lot to look forward to. And, and, then, and now we're talking about... Hey, what if they add Arizona to the Big 12 for 2024? Crazy. Like, let's just add another top 10 program, right? The basketball team's back at work. 
And they're going to go to Italy and Croatia August 18th through the 27th. Return to the land of Kreshmer Chosic. Assistant coach Nick Robinson is going to join the show next week. And we'll talk about a lot of the new faces. Should we bring the, the man yeah, of the hour let's in? let's bring Elijah in Come here. on in. I remember as we were preparing to broadcast BYU's 2016 season opener and asking, who is this Elijah Bryant kid from Elon College? And we found out, and he's no longer a kid. He's a husband, father, two-time international champion, both with the NBA and the EuroLeague and the Turkish League. Our pleasure to welcome Elijah Bryant to the Wise Guys. We've been working on this interview for about a year and a half. You're finally back in the States for a little bit, and we're so thrilled to have you here. Welcome back. Welcome home. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. We, Dave and I were talking, we kind of teased this earlier, that we don't think anyone in the history of BYU basketball has ever won an NBA championship, a EuroLeague championship, and a Turkish League championship, let alone back-to-back to to back. Back years. Um, that's pretty cool. I, yeah. I, I, I'm has anybody else done that? I mean, Danny's Danny's won some world championships. But he didn't do that, and he didn't do them back-to-back-to-back. And, and, to back to and, back. and when Greg was with the Celtics when they won a world championship, wasn't he? Greg yeah, Kai, but I, not, I don't think they three. Did Freddie ever win one? I don't know. I don't know. Not three. But back-to-back-to-back but, but back to back championships, like, are you, this is a charmed life. You're, you're, yeah, you're having, I mean, a, having a great run here. I mean, obviously, I give all the, all the glory to God. I think uh, um, it takes a little bit of luck, uh, but I also think uh, being ready for your opportunity when it comes um, – allowing yourself the best chance to win. And um, God willing, I've been able to be on some really good teams with some really good teammates and um, have some success. When you were talking to Janelle's dad uh, before you got married and you're rolling out how you're going to provide for her in her life, did any of this stuff come up? Um, Not necessarily. (laughs) I mean, he's more focused, obviously, on, you know, uh, being a man of, you know, God and that type of stuff. But uh, I think he saw my work ethic and how I approached – not just basketball, but everything in my life. And he kind of knew that if it's not basketball, he's going to be successful at something. You well, know? You, you've, you've, you're successful at a lot of things. Yeah. But you got three championship rings. Yeah. yeah. What, what's it been, what has it been like for the two of you um, th- this last few years as you've kind of traveled the world with, with basketball? I think everybody knows what it's like to be a married student at BYU and be an athlete. There's lots of those. But this journey that you've been on has been pretty unique. What's that been like? Yeah, I think I try to take it, you know, one day at a time. Um, this lifestyle we live isn't isn't for everyone, obviously. Um, with the NBA situation, you know, packing up our, our house that we live for 10 months and getting on a plane and then having to separate. But I think, um, obviously, it's my, my wife's the secret sauce to, to it all, you know, keeping the keeping the house in order so I can really focus on the court. Um, but it's, it's I like to call it a controlled chaos, right? And yeah. I think everyone has some sort of that in their life, you know. Um, whether it's kids running around the house or whatever. Ours just happens to be in, you know, 10 to 12 bags traveling across the world. <laughs> if you go to YouTube and you type in Elijah Bryant, there's some cool videos that come up uh, with you and your family that, that highlight what you're talking about. But let's go back to 2014. You just win Rookie of the Year in the Colonial League at Elon College. What prompted you to transfer to BYU? Yeah, so um, for me, I'm all about getting better. That's my motto. You know, one-cent club consists over time. And I just felt like I was kind of, I accomplished everything I could do there. And winning Rookie of the Year kind of showed me that, okay, maybe I need to be on a bigger platform, a bigger stage, better better players. Um, so, obviously, I visited uh, Miami, Butler, and BYU. And I understood that um, the ball is going to stop bouncing one day. And I needed to grow in other aspects of my life, uh, whether that's through my education, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, all that. So, I... I thought, okay, 
at the time in terms of those schools, BYU might not be the best basketball school per se, but if they had the best facilities, resources to provide me with the opportunity to excel my game, then that'll be good for me. Plus, I'll have the opportunity to be around like-minded people with the same religion. Yeah. And so was it an easy sell once you came here and looked around? Yeah. I, I, so I visited my junior year, um, um, not official, unofficial visit. And I loved it. It was the mountains. It just seemed so surreal. And I, you know, I like, dang, it'd be so nice to play at BYU, be around like-minded people. And then right before I committed to, or right after I committed to Elon, I got, I don't know if I told this story, I got the notification that, um, the lefty, uh, Matt Carlino oh, was yeah. transferring. Yeah, man. And they were kind of telling me, oh, okay, we don't know if someone's leaving, not leaving. So I, I call my coach and I, I commit. Less than five minutes later, the notification comes through and says, Matt Carlino's transferring. I'm like, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. So then I end up going to Elon and then um, transferring to BYU and it all worked out. Timing's an amazing thing. Did, you know? exactly. In your mind's eye, you talked about, hey, I want to become more well-rounded and be around like people. Did you did you picture picture Janelle someplace in that as you were thinking? I go to BYU. You, I'm certain you didn't know it was Janelle, but yeah. I'm gonna find my Janelle when I get there. Was that part of the plan when you came here? Yeah, I think you know thinking about my life after basketball, and I wanted to find um, my wife uh, at school um, with the same religion. So I think that was a big big selling point, um, not just for the school, but for me looking looking at the school, and that obviously helped a lot. Amber from New York says, congratulations on the little one. Oh, thank who's you Who's not so as much. little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, congrats on that. We'll talk about that in a minute. You light up Portland on February 23rd, 2017. So you've, you've come, you sat out, you did all that stuff. Now you're in 39 points, 21 of them from seven three-point shots. Is this the night where you start thinking, hey, I might be able to get a job shooting hoops? Uh, I think for me, my belief has always been that I'll play basketball professionally. Obviously, I want to play in the NBA and sustain NBA career. Um, being an athlete, there's a borderline between cocky and confidence, and right. you have to kind of tote that line. So a lot of people look at it and say, oh, he's, he's leaving early. Um, he doesn't, but people don't understand. In order to make these teams, make the NBA win championships, you have to believe in yourself. So it wasn't specifically that game. I always knew that. I would be ready for my opportunity when it came. And um, obviously that game gave, gave me some confidence going into that year, dealing with some injuries before that. Yeah. Um, but I think me as a player, I always knew I would be successful in basketball, whether that's NBA, overseas, or whatever that is. I, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the injuries. Um, you know, Dr. Lind's a good friend of mine mm -hmm. that worked with you, Charlie Lind. And, um, I mean, you had some pretty serious injuries that mm -hmm. you had. People see the polished player that was great – could create your own shot and do all that. They saw that guy out there, but they didn't. Not many people realize the grind you went through after transferring to come through the injury and have surgeries and get healthy again and do all of that. What was that like? And and how did you get through that to the point where these things we're talking about, where where you were a star again? Yeah, I think for me, um, it was probably the biggest blessing for me, just because you know we, sometimes we need that humble pie. Um, I kind of felt like. I mean, after my retro year, I was like, I'm only going to play at BYU for one year and I'll have an opportunity to leave. And then that situation happened, and it kind of made me um, not only reset my priorities but understand that um, I'm human and uh, I can get injured and stuff like that. But it made me really dedicate myself not only physically to my diet, my body, but mentally. That's when I really locked in to working with Craig Manning and really 
understand the dynamics of, you know, the psychology behind sports. And I think that's helped me be very successful dealing with overseas. You go in the gym and the rim's a little bit crooked. Or you go in the gym and the Florida, the, the gym doesn't have AC. So there's all these different things you can't control. But I think having that situation, adversity, um, and learning how to problem solve through that helped me a lot. Two days after you get the 39, you go into Spokane. First time in program history, BYU beats a number one team in the country. You should beat Gonzaga, 79-71. You tie the game at 71 with a couple of free throws, and then the guys pull it out, uh, and you finish with 14 points. There are big moments, and you've had some. We're going to talk about them. But where, where is that moment when, when you as a team went up there and, and stuck it to the Zags? Yeah, I think it was super special. Um, obviously, I was, personally, I was coming off a, a big game, but we knew what we had, a great opportunity at hand. And I think the guys kind of understood. And I think um, it's funny because I was thinking about this moment the other day. Someone was discussing something about a basketball situation, and the coach brought him in and kind of smiled and said, isn't this fun? Like, I remember Rose, uh, we were like, they came out like this destroying us. We were like, wow, we understand why they're so good. Like a 12-0 run or something like that. And Rose just brought us all in and started laughing, and we were just kind of like, kind of threw us off, but also kind of reset us too because we were expecting to get, you know, cussed out. Like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But it kind of reset us, like, you know, enjoy this moment. Like, this is, like, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Enjoy it. And I think um, I didn't have particularly my best game that game, but then guys kind of released and then started playing well, and we were able to get a win at the end. Yeah, Coach Rose, he won a lot of games for a reason. He kind of could sense what that team needs. Sometimes yeah. he needed to get India, yeah. and other times he needed to lighten the moment, and he could tell you needed a lighter moment, it sounds like, in exactly. that one. Of, all the, of all the amazing nights and big wins in BYU history, that one is right up there. Yeah. yeah. And that had been it was cool to watch. I imagine it was fun to play. It was super fun to play. Recognize the moment. We talk about that a lot on this show. So in 2018, you finished second in scoring the WCC, your first team um, all-conference that year. And then after the season, you and Janelle decide, hey, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go take a shot at this thing uh, called pro basketball. Was that a tough decision, and how did you come to it? I don't think it was too tough for me. I think um, my plan is always to, like I said before, play professional basketball. And I think I kind of – did everything I could at BYU to put myself in the best position, considering that the NBA looks at you as old if you're 23 or 22. Yeah. So kind of looked at the, the reality of it, um, knowing that I'm older, playing in a smaller conference. Are my chances really going to be that much better if I stayed next year? And um, I kind of looked myself in the mirror, made the decision, and I said I can live, I can live with my decision um, if it doesn't work out, but I can't live with someone else's. So we made that decision, and uh, we started off in Israel, and it's been um, – it's been up and down, obviously, but mostly uh, up. Mostly up. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> yeah. looks it looks it looks up from the outside, but there's obviously adversity yeah, um, sure. dealing, you're dealing with uh, during the season. Um, but it's been a blessing for sure. What, what was it like? You leave BYU and and the draft comes and goes, mm-hmm. and no one calls Elijah Bryant's name, which then leads you to Israel. Um, but in that moment, did you think, oh, maybe I should have stayed, or were you just headstrong and it's time to play for money? Yeah, I think for me, um, I try to never have any uh, regrets. So I made the decision. I put my big boy pants on. Now it's time to take care of my family. And if anything, obviously, I think, I mean, I, I, I for sure cried draft night, like just because it's your dream, you know, you want to hear your name called. But I think in the end, it worked out better in my favor because if I would have been drafted late second round, then my rights would have been held by that team. And I wouldn't have been able to make it to Milwaukee unless a trade situation happened. Yeah. But I think um, 
it just made me work harder, made me understand that people are doubting me even more. So um, that's one of my best uh, attributes, I would say, is, is, is my work ethic. Play with a little chip on your shoulder. It, so you're in Israel, but you're still thinking there's got to be a pathway for me to the NBA at oh. some point, right? So in 2019, the Bucks invite you uh, to play on a summer league team in Vegas. You jump at it. Um, but afterwards, you signed again and you signed in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. Um, at, what, what's the team? Maccabi. Maccabi. Which is a good, you know, oh. one of the best, best teams over there. Um, when you left Vegas, did you have any idea that the Bucks would keep you in mind and keep their eye on you for a later opportunity? Yeah, so I think uh, the, just like any uh, career world, it's really small, right? Basketball world is really small in terms of NBA, overseas, all this stuff. Um, I had some opportunities to stay uh, in America that year, but it just didn't make sense for me and my family. And so I decided to go back, and obviously I played well in that summer league, so the Bucks um, said, you know, we'll keep trying to figure out a way to if this can work out. And then um, God willing, uh, that summer, or not that summer, late in that year, um, something started shaking and moving, and we got something worked out. Yeah, Elijah, that, how'd that call go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's good. You said later it worked yeah. out. So, so you're playing, and then they call, and it's late in the season. They're like, "Hey, yeah, we so, need you, right?" Well, tell us about that and, call. That had to be a great moment. And this is now May of 21, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. almost a year and a half later. Yeah, the call comes to your agent, and your life's about to change. Yeah, yeah. So they called early in the year and wanted me to be on a two-way contract. It's a little lower level. Um, contract and I didn't really want to do that. I was in the middle of the season. It's just a lot to move. And then they called later and said, "Hey, we want to, you know, sign him to a real contract. We're going to waive this guy." And overseas, I mean, I didn't have an NBA buyout at the time, so you have to figure out exactly what the, you know, negotiations are. And my agent was kind of telling me, you know, I, I always tell him like, "Be realistic with me. Like, what are the chances it's going to happen?" He's like, mm, "This is tough because you don't have an NBA buyout. Now the team knows the NBA wants you. They're going to try to ask for everything." I said, give me every owner's number. So I called every single owner on the phone. Like, it will be like calling Ryan Smith on the phone. Call, I called every <laughs> single on the phone and just explained to him the, the situation that I'm in and that this is a dream of mine. Please don't take this away. So which I could live, I could live with that if, if they said no, but I, knowing that I tried everything in my possible power to do it. So I did that, and it ended up working, and we were able to get to Milwaukee. And did your agent learn a lesson that I need to put a buyout clause from the NBA in his next contract? <laughs> well, well I, had, I had a buyout clause. I was buyout clause before that summer, but this is the last year on this deal. Oh. So it was kind of like, but there's always a way to get out of a contract when you yeah. start talking money. So yeah. Elijah Bryant, former BYU star, international star currently, is with us and is one of his rare North American interviews. That's, That's right. what we call them, a rare yes. North American interview. Let's go to May 16th, 2021, after all the hopes and dreams and all that stuff, growing up wanting to play in the NBA, you're in the NBA. The Bulls are the opponent. You're playing for the Bucks. It's your one and only, so far, NBA regular season game, and you go for 16 points. So let's talk about the first basket that you made. Do you remember the moment, the feeling, or was it just all locked in business? No, I remember it because I remember – it was a it was a tight race um, there in the standings, and I remember the coaches walking, uh, watching the game, and kind of figure out who's playing, who's not playing. And then once they kind of figured out who's playing, they came in. You know, you're dressing, and all of a sudden, I remember I was in the back, and I was like, because the warm ups, like I had never really worn the warm ups, so I was like, the other guys were laughing. I was like practicing ripping off the warm ups, <laughs> and, and they were just like dying laughing. And I'm like, bro, I'm not gonna be the first time out there and get embarrassed and not be able to rip them off. <laughs> so uh, we come out to the court, they get kind of notification that I think Cleveland won or Brooklyn won, so this game didn't matter. So all the main guys, you know, I'm not playing, whatever. 
And main guys, we're talking about some of the best in the world. Yeah, Giannis, Drew, you know. Uh, so Giannis to us, and I've not been next to Giannis yeah. and haven't called games when he was in yeah. college or any of that. We get around a lot of athletes, but he seems like a freak among freaks. Is he, like, yeah, great to play with? He's Greek freak, obviously. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. very, very athletic. Nobody uh, that big and that long is supposed to be able to run and jump and exa- do all that, right? Exactly. It's It's very, yeah. Freaky. So you're on the bench, and the coach looks at you and says, Bryant, you're in? What, yeah, what so was that moment? I remember it because I was sitting next to Drew, and we had the COVID mask on because you had to wear a mask on yeah. the bench. And good thing we did because it felt like – I felt like I could see my heart, like, bouncing from my chest before he called me in. Because I knew, like – you kind of know, like, okay, like, they've been in for five minutes. Like, someone's about to get subbed out. Someone yeah. finally calls me in. I'm just making sure I take everything off, right? Because in the NBA, you can you can wear whatever you want on the sideline in terms of, like, warm-up style. Mask, this shirt, that shirt, pants. Okay, I'm off. I'm in. I told myself, like, to calm the nerves. As soon as I get in and touch it, if I'm open, I'm shooting it. I'm shooting it. That's the first thing I'm doing. You're going to shoot. Time. That's going to calm your nerves. Exactly. You're just going to shoot it. I'm just going to shoot no it. No matter where you're no at. No matter where I'm at. If I'm open, I'm shooting it. <laughs> so I come running down the middle of the court, and I catch it wide open and just let it go. And, I'm, and it goes in, obviously. So and we're out way past the three-point line it, or what? It was a re- regular three. But the NBA three, people don't understand, is, like, really far if you're coming right. from Europe. And I just arrived, like, a few few days ago, right? So I shoot it, and it goes in. And, and finally, I just feel like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm here. Did, like it's did you have a sense of – so you took a breath, right? You're like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. I made a bucket. And I can settle in. But did you feel like did- – this could be good. That felt good coming out of my hand. You know exactly. how that is? Yeah. Like, yeah. Some days it feels great coming yeah. out of your hand. Yeah. Did it feel like that? It felt like that, and it kind of felt like, this is basketball. I've been playing this my whole life, you know? And there wasn't that many fans there at the time because COVID. I don't even know, yeah. remember if there were fans there, but then it was just like a regular basketball game. Everything's zoned out, and then now we're just playing. Obviously, guys are faster, stronger, but it's just basketball. But you get 16 points, which is a great sign for your teammates. So here's this kid that's come over from the EuroLeague, and he goes in, he scores 16 points. What were their reactions? They were excited. I mean, I think guys were more focused on this this playoff run, but guys, yeah. like, knew, like, I was excited. And, and for me, I kind of felt like, you know, I earned a little bit of a stripe, you know, like, okay, sure. this guy's not just some random guy. He actually knows how to play basketball, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, the playoffs begin then because you came in late, mm-hmm. um, but that was a great – precursor to the playoffs because that probably gave the coaches some confidence mm-hmm. in you um you play in 11 games the bucks beat the suns to win the nba championship now you have an nba ring on your finger do you have it do you, do you no I, I didn't i don't have it today <laughs> it's like it's like these guys always ask me why don't you wear your national championship ring i yeah. said because i only wear it if i need better reception on television because it's too big <laughs> yeah. is that thing just giant that it's nba ring too big, yeah. so andy reed was asked at the Chiefs celebration of the super bowl where his super bowl ring was why he didn't wear it and he goes this is my Super Bowl ring, and held up his, uh, his wedding, wedding ring because because um, he's like he t- Tammy's the greatest thing yeah. he's ever done, but which is awesome. But so so how cool was that to be involved in that run, to play, to be a part of it, to have that ring, to know that you earned that ring? Like that's it's got to be a rush. Yeah, I think it was super cool. I think um, a lot of people like to look at it and say, "Oh, you didn't play, you didn't do this." I mean, I, I gained a lot of um, I learned a lot of things uh, from those guys and. It wasn't necessarily like when the when the buzzer went off, like I was so emotional because people don't understand what it takes to just get there. Like uh-huh. from the coaches, from the players, even players that aren't playing, like all the sacrifices my mom made, all the sacrifices everyone in my tribe made, my family. So it was just super emotional to like really win an NBA championship just like in this span and like how everything played out. It was um it was a big blessing and it still seems surreal looking back at it. 
Well, guys like Giannis dream of scenarios where they could sit out the whole season and yeah. show up for the playoffs. Yeah. I think the Spurs have been trying to do that for yeah. years with <laughs> sitting their stars. But but to get it and, and to be a participant, and and, um, and I remember we were following your games, 11 playoff games for, uh, for a, a young man who was in – uh, across this, you know, over in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, in the Middle East, playing oh. just a few weeks earlier, I, and I've watched all the, I looked at all the pictures of you and your wife with the trophy, and it's like a storybook. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a blessing. It's surreal. I love, I love that you said that. It's almost like your whole life of preparation passed before your mm-hmm. eyes as you as you took the moment. Yeah. In. Um, that that has to be cool for you to recognize all of the people in your family that are part of the, all of that. Right. Yeah. I think uh, it was, just, I remember the buzzard and it's kind of like, like got to pinch yourself a little bit. Is this happening? Is this not happening? And it was, I remember we were down. Um, There's a lot of scenarios in the playoffs when we were down to Brooklyn and down to, to, to Phoenix. It's like, Oh my God, like, how are we going to be able to beat these? Like, you know what I mean? And this, the preparation and the, the confidence borderline cocky these guys have you know they did what they need to do and now we're gonna do what we need to do and just, they just take it one day at a time because there's there's like i've seen pressure before but that finals media pressure with all the lights on you like it's a lot different than anything i've ever seen hmm. we've got uh, scott mckayan from drummond montana uh participating with us on the wise guys tonight thanks scott well a few months later talking about the the ups and downs of basketball life the bucks put you on waivers and uh you signed to play with andalou Ephes in Istanbul, Turkey, and you win the EuroLeague championship. And this past season, you're in the Turkish league. You win that championship. Uh-huh. So as Blaine mentioned earlier, back-to-back-to-back international titles because the NBA is international as well. For a kid from Gwinnett County, Georgia, are you starting to feel special? I think yes. I think uh, I feel like my work is paying off, but I always feel like that little kid that no one ever believed in, that no one drafted. So it's just I think it will always be in me, and I'm always trying to tell my brother, like, if you work, like I say, if you just have the one cent club mentality every single day, like it's going to work out. You're going to, you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, but just keep stacking those days, keep stacking those days. And eventually when you get done, you'll look and be like, wow, there's a lot in this piggy bank that I have. And I, and I, I understand that, you know, I have NBA championship, I have this, I have that, but I try to set new goals for myself every single year, first team yearly, all this stuff to keep me hungry, keep me, you know, wanting more. And I think um, if I do that, I'll be able to have some more success. What, what is it? What does Janelle think about all this? I mean, she sees the behind the scenes and how hard I work, so it's not like she expects it to happen, but when it does happen, she's not surprised. I think um, the NBA championship obviously is a surreal moment. It's the, high, it's the highest league in the world. So, But she just she understands how hard I work and what I've dedicated my life to, and she's obviously been a big part of that. So she doesn't uh, slip into the, the wife mode of, uh, I have to be careful, the wife mode of, uh, well, yeah. Well, don't you just always win championships? <laughs> no, no, no. She knows that. She knows that way, the ups and downs. She sees it. She sees the behind the scenes. You know, shooting slumps or, you know, not playing when I first get to Ephesus um, after playing for a little bit is it's a it's a grind for sure. You mentioned you referenced the one cent club yep. when you said you're talking to your brother and you got show, show them that. I don't know. And you drinking that much water yeah, every day? This is, is that my, part? This is my this is my small one actually. I actually have a big. Big Yeti. How much, how much water a day are you drinking? At least a gallon, for sure. A gallon a day. gallon yeah. a That's day. That's my problem. No. That's why I look like this. I need, <laughs> I need to drink more water. That's yeah. why I'm a fat guy. So, um, yeah. One Cent Club. Tell us what, what that is. Yeah, so for me, it's just like the is essentially the mentality that I, I gained after I got injured, right? It's, it's 
to put one penny in each and every single day and to see where that adds up and to be consistent over time. And it's not just basketball. So when I have my camps, I try to teach these kids that there's going to be hardships in life, right? You're going to have down days and, and you're going to have um, things that don't go your way. Well, how, do you, how, do you, how are you going to be able to attack that, you know? One cent, just every single day, you know, whether it comes to your scriptures, your stretching, your homework, your basketball. These are the things I'm trying to teach um, with, you know, this brand and, and, and my camps because anyone can do a basketball camp, right? But if you can teach a kid how to journal and how to really reflect on, on their life and their life choices and to go back and understand that adversity is part of the process. And if you could teach at a young age, I think we would have a lot, you know, I feel like less depression, less anxiety, less all this stuff. But um, I feel like kids aren't taught that. They're taught that they have to be perfect at all times. And I think that's not um, sustainable or attainable. So That's good stuff. And, yeah. and you, your camps, um, where, where are the camps? Um, and, and how do kids get involved in those? Yeah, so this year we didn't do it just with the chaos of, you know, uh, the playoffs packing up and having, yeah. having another kid. So I think um, the camps, the, I, the, whole, the end goal is to have a camp where everywhere I played. So mm-hmm. a lot... Tel Aviv, um, Provo, uh, Turkey. That's the end goal. And to have, you know, um, have like a Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday have the community come, come together, have a special ed, special ed camp. I think just like give back to the community and also um, give these kids um, an example that you don't have to be perfect and to show them that, you know, obviously like our uh, savior, like you can make mistakes and still, you know, achieve a lot of success. So that's the plan. What is the most misunderstood fact about living in Turkey? Um, people think it's unsafe, and it's really, like, I guess I've just been in Europe for a long time. I think when you first get there and you hear the mosque calls, that's kind of scary, like, because you, you, don't, you don't understand what's going on. But right. a lot of these people, like the Jews and the Turkish, they're very similar to, like, um, our faith. Like, they're very similar. Like, they very value family. They, yeah. you know, they very fa- value, like, spending time together all the time. So I would say the most misunderstood fact about Turkey is just, like, it's unsafe, and but it's actually I feel safer there sometimes in America. Do, really. Have you and is the plan to go back to Turkey this next year? Right now, yeah, I signed a two-year extension. So, so have have you um, hooked up with Jeff and Cheryl Flake yet? Yeah, yeah, we hang. I, they we went. So actually, uh, and I, I, we have to tell everybody. Who, so Jeff was a former senator from Arizona. He's the ambassador to Turkey. He's a BYU grad. Yeah, and uh, and Jeff and Cheryl are over there in Turkey. We're talking about going over and visit. They're really good friends. They. They live in Utah part of the year before they became yep. the ambassadors, and they live right around the corner from us, and they're dear friends, and we traveled with them. I was hoping if you hadn't hooked yeah, up with them, I'm like, them all the time, i got to yeah. get you with Jeff and yeah. Cheryl over yeah. there. Yeah. Um, did they have you over to the, the so, yeah. embassy? We, uh, so after one of the early, we went to Ankara and visited like the white, their White House, yeah. and then we visited uh, – their embassy. So they have, they have quite a place yeah, right there, it's nice. right? It's yeah. nice, yeah. So we the US is there. doing it right over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then they come to when they're in Istanbul, they come to the games. Um and then when we go to Ankara and play, they come to the games. And so I see them all the time. I see them at the airport sometimes too when we're flying out. So yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you and Janelle have, have uh, made that connection. Yeah. They're great people. Great I'm people. sure that they would look after you over yeah. there while you're yeah. there, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love them. Your faith's a big part of what you do, especially as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I heard you say, quote, the more you stick to the straight and narrow and hold onto the iron rod, the easier your life will be. In the chaotic world of professional basketball, what brought you to that conclusion? I think it's easy to look at now and say, like, look back. Oh, like, everyone always asks, why do you have so much success? I think it's my foundation. I think my morals, my foundation, my family, uh, what I stand for. I mean, I have these conversations with my teammates all the time. 
why are you giving ten percent of your money away? The 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 Pope is wearing a Rolex and that's your money, that type of stuff. So <laughs> so trying to explain this stuff to, to my teammates and understand that like if I'm able to live and abide by my uh, you know uh, obligations, commandments that I've made, my life will be ten times easier. And I I've seen it happen. Obviously, we forget sometimes, but that's why we have the journal and we go back and read exactly you know how we've been blessed. And I think uh, if I continue to do that, there'll be more blessings to come. Well said. That's great. Stuff. Is is the goal of getting back to the NBA still the goal, or are you just now good with making a good living wherever you can? I think for me, uh, I'll never be com- like comfortable where I'm at. So I think, you know, I'm obviously just trying to be the best Elijah Bryant I can be. And if that takes me back to the NBA, then um, I think, you know, so be it. But I think it has to be the right situation for my family. I just won't go on just to be back in the NBA again, like per se what I do in Milwaukee. Um, I think we have a good situation uh, in Turkey and overseas, and we've kind of established ourselves there. So I think that's a blessing too. So kind of just try to be the best every single day, and then at the end we'll kind of – See what's in the piggy bank. Travis Hansen is Piggy bank a, because he's just putting one cent one in. One cent in. One cent. Travis Hansen, who's, who's been on this show, is a great example of uh, wherever you're at, you can work and be successful. And uh, and, and what he did in the, in the Euro Leagues over there uh, changed his life. Yeah. And, uh, and you're, you and another handful of former Cougars have over there have made a living. Exactly. I think people don't understand that. There's just there's a lot of levels to overseas basketball and like you said, Travis played for you know some of the biggest teams, Real Madrid. Uh, I know he played in Russia, I think yeah. as well. And people don't understand that sometimes you're making more money than NBA players over there. Right. And people kind of think, oh, do you? I remember one sometimes someone asked me, are you? Do you have a second job? And I'm like, no, I don't have a second job. <laughs> I still. Do I just win the Euro League. Hey, people ask us that all the yeah. time. Like, <laughs> you cannot be making a living talking on, on television. <laughs> so, do you have a second job? We're like, no. Yeah, exactly. So I think, um, I think people, uh, it's definitely a blessing to you know play a game for a living. Um, it comes with highs and lows as any other career does, but. Um, for us, it's we're super grateful. What do you think of BYU going to the Big 12 and playing basketball with those teams? Yeah, I think it's exciting. I'm, I was up there a few few weeks ago with my brother for camp and watching them practice. It's, I'm glad I'm not doing college workouts anymore. I can say that. Yeah. Those guys are grinding, man, from lifting <laughs> to, to, to basketball to school to camps. It's a lot of work, man. So I'm glad they're getting some money now, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but I think it's exciting for them to go to the Big 12, not just for the aspect of basketball, but I think BYU's brand to spread the bigger message, you know, of the church. Um, um, so I think it'll be exciting. It'll probably take a few years, you know, entering a bigger, con- better players, more athletic. Um, yeah. But it's going to be so cool to see the Marriott Center sold out um, to these big teams. Yeah, the, it, it's like you, you may be playing Gonzaga back-to-back-to-back exactly. games in that league, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. I remember, yeah, for sure. It's been a great visit with Elijah Bryan. I think he's ready for five questions. Yes, he is. Right, Are you ready? Five. And you heard, you heard, yours aren't exactly the same. And we have, no, and we have a couple bonus questions. Yeah, you, you get some bonus ones. Right. We're going to do six with you. <laughs> so we don't get you here in the United States often yeah. enough. So yeah. your favorite sports movie? Favorite sports movie is probably uh, the one I just watched, Steph Curry. Un- oh, is it un- a, was it a 30 for 30 kind of no, a no. thing? No, no, he did a documentary. Oh. All it's on Apple TV. I forgot the uh Underrated. Okay. Underrated is what it's called. Underrated. It's called underrated. Do you know what? I got to go find that. Yeah, it is amazing. Should I do it? Is it worth it? It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Did you see him hit his hole-in-one the other day at the golf thing? Oh, and he ran the full length. That he was playing in that uh, celeb, uh, that, that pro-am celebrity yeah. tournament over in, in Tahoe, in Incline Village. 
And he had a hole in one, and he sprinted the full no. length of the hole all the way to the. I I, read, I listened to an interview, and I they asked him like, how does that compare to you know what you do? He's like, okay, when I shoot, I know like I can go in. So like, but when I do that, I've never done that. So yeah. he was like, I blacked out. I was doing stuff I never do: running, jumping, fist bumping, going nuts. Exactly. Yeah, that was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, he really yeah. enjoyed that. So, your favorite singer or band? Favorite singer or band is probably Drake. Drake. Like Drake. Yeah. That's a good one. You know who else loved the Drake? Uh, who do we have? Call him the Drake. That's, that's a problem right there, right? <laughs> call the Drake. Yeah, call Drake. The Drake from Seinfeld. His favorite band is ACDC. Oh. The Drake is, a, is, we call the Drake's from Seinfeld. The Drake. Yeah, the Drake. The Drake. You're right. They, they call him the Drake. Drake. Uh, who did we have here that was in the, the oh, it was oh, uh, like Mitch Drake. Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Mitch, Mitch Matthews. Drake. Drake was his favorite, yeah. too. And he Drake said Drake, and I said, we love the Drake. What are you, Utah guy, Post Malone? Do you like Post? I like him a lot. Yeah, I think he's really good. I think he's, yeah. He just lives, just yeah. lives right up I the know, road here. But he doesn't beat the Drake. <laughs> no. no. So not the Drake. So favorite breakfast cereal? Favorite breakfast cereal? Probably, I don't eat it a lot. Rarely. Probably Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast. Yeah, that's, that's, a, popular a, that's a popular one. one. Oh. Just so you know, for dinner, I didn't realize we were having all this stuff here. Yeah. And so I had some uh, Cinnamon Life, which cinnamon is very life. similar. Yeah, cinnamon that's toast good. Crunch. Not that's quite good. as cinnamony, though, yeah. as Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's a good one, though. I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, here's where we veer off. Yeah, this is where like, we give you a couple questions. of your own. Okay. Favorite European food to eat? Favorite cuisine from. from Favorite European food to eat? Probably either a donor, which is from Turkey, or oh. Slovakia. Slovakia is from, from Greece. And it's like, what did you say was from Turkey? A donor. Don- donor, a donor, donor. What is it's it? Like, like a booster? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's like a. I would say it's like a burrito, but it has like meat, potatoes. They're kind of similar, to the same stuff of the Slovakia, but this one's kind of okay. like heated up. So we'll get them sometimes after after practice. Oh, nice, yeah. a donor. And, yeah. and, and does that, Janelle make Turkish? those? It's like a street a street food in Turkey. In Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Can can Janelle make those? Um, she hasn't really gotten to the Turkish cuisine. You know? <laughs> so, so, so if if we come over and stay with Jeff and Cheryl Flake at the embassy, don't know exactly. We're gonna, they'll take us out for some for donors, sure. right? Some donors. Okay. okay. We need to come when you're playing, and we can all come to a oh, game. Of course, that would be fun. fun. So, favorite thing about being a father? Uh, now a father somebody, of two. Somebody father mentioned, two. yeah, father yeah. of two, but just about being a dad. What's the coolest thing? I think there's probably a few things, but one is to to see them grow and then depend on you you know mm-hmm. and it changes your perspective on everything and you know you have a bad game you come home you kind of see okay here's the real perspective like you know you understand that this game really doesn't matter so i think uh it's given me a lot of perspective but it's also been super cool to to have someone really depend on you you know they can't change your diapers they can't do any of that and it it, it always relates to me and like the savior how I, i'm a child to the savior you know and i think that's what having a child has really made me understand like this is how he feels when I don't listen or this is how mm-hmm. he feels when I don't do this you know so I think that's been very cool Steve from uh, Brigham City uh, says Dave and Blaine come up north and enjoy the world famous Maddox Steakhouse they're not saying we need to go all the way over oh, to Turkey s- for a Steve I've been, I've been to Maddox and yeah. I, I'll concur it's very very good I think it's Dave good. that you and I may We've have been gone there on our way to Logan one time yeah. so yeah that's good stuff so um, and Spencer McMillan says, and Blue's your little brother, right? Blue is my son. Oh, Blue's your son? Yeah. What's your brother's name? Kai. Oh, it's Kai. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Um, How old's Kai? Kai's 16. Now. Yeah, is Kai good? Is he a baller? Is he he's gonna, good. Can he's, he play at BYU? He, could, he might have a chance. He might have a chance. Yeah. Really? Ooh, yeah. He's got a lot go. to live up to. Does he want to do that? Yeah, we'll see. We'll it's see. hard. Play, <laughs> yeah. It's hard, hard to play in Big Brother's yeah. Shadow, but yeah. he's, he's a good one. And, there's, and it's Blue and Rocco. Rocco. Blue and Rocco. That's nice. right. Okay, yeah. Kai. I couldn't remember what your brother's name was. All right, so. here's a bonus question. Yeah. How impactful has your mother been 
throughout this journey of yours. You've referred to her as your superhero before. Yeah, she's, um, yeah, I get teary-eyed sometimes thinking about it, but without her, I wouldn't, you know, really be anything. And I think uh, she's sacrificed everything, you know, for me in terms of, you know, going to medical school and, and, and all this stuff. And that's what really hit me when uh, I won the NBA championship, just like all those days driving to Atlanta, um, all those days of her cussing me out, kind of seeing like, you know, she saw the picture. She had the confidence in me before I really had the confidence in myself. So it's um, it's been an interesting dynamic uh, now that she's a grandma because she's trying to apply the same thing to my kids. I'm like, Mom, relax. She's like, no, this is how you made it. So you need to do it this way. And I'm kind of like, dang, this is hard, man. This is hard. But, yeah, she's definitely my superhero. That's awesome. I need to talk to your mom because now that I'm a grandpa, Dave's a grandpa too, Yeah, we've realized that uh, – it's the best gig in the world. Yeah, yeah they're better than you the kids. You get there someday because because <laughs> the greatest day in your life with your kids will come one day, uh, Elijah. And it's 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 when your twenty five year old says, "Dad, you know when you told me this and this and this, yeah. man, you were so right. I don't know yeah. why I wasn't listening. That's right. a big day. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next best day is when your job is just to spoil the grandkids, and your kids are like, "Dad, you why are you giving her that right now? It's nine thirty nine. You go. That really isn't my problem right now. That's we get a lot problem. of freedom. We get a lot of freedom we, back. We, we do exactly. whatever we want now, yeah. and it's yeah. awesome. And all our job is to have the grandkids love us. So tell exactly. mom, tell mom, um, she just needs to worry about to spoiling them. That's exactly. It. Yeah, that's and, you, and, you, and you will pass along the yeah. lessons, yeah. right? Yeah. There's awesome. a, your mom's an awesome woman. We there's know a that. great scene. There's a great scene after you've won the title out there on the floor with your mom and. Uh, she throws her arms around you, or you throw yours around her. It's just a, an embrace of, of a journey that, uh, that had started so long ago and was hard. Mm -hmm. And then there you are about to get a ring as an NBA world champion. Yeah, it was, uh, it was surreal. Um, it's kind of hard, I think. I heard Chris Paul talk about it, and Steph Curry talked about it. You always feel like you're in this, this rat race. You know, you're trying to chase, chase the next achievement. I think I'll, I won't really appreciate it until I retire and kind of sit back and really admire what not only I did, but my whole tribe tribe did. And it's um, sometimes I look at the ring and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But then I'm always focused on, okay, what's the next step to get another mm -hmm. one? Or what's the next step to be a better Elijah Bryant? So that's where, where I'm trying to focus now. And uh, Lou, FS opens a new season October 5th against FC Barcelona. You guys on the Barcelona. road in Barcelona or are you at home? I have no idea. I, uh, I didn't even look at the Do you know Dave? You? I, I, I think it's at home because I think I'd have written I just, I literally just flew in from Barcelona. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. so. But, which uh, I love that city. Yeah. October 5th, that's just around the corner. Yeah. So when would you head back? So we leave August 20th to head back. So 19 more days and we'll be And out. that's it? Your, yeah, your it. North American escape it's of what, about two months? Two months, yeah. It's a... It's a short season for guys, or short off season for guys overseas. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I know, and you, you, you implied and, and talk about the things that are hard and in your career and stuff, but isn't it, isn't it just a blast for a former college basketball player to get paid to play basketball at the highest levels? Exactly. It's a, it's a blessing. I know. Um, that's why, you know, people always, I always feel sorry for people who have to, have to work, but then they have to find time to work out as well. So for me, it's like, when I'm working out, I'm working too. So my mm -hmm. wife's like, oh, I want to work out today. And I'm like, dang, like, I take that for granted. Like my job is to work out today yeah. so, and, and play basketball. So that's a big blessing. That is sure. a great blessing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a tremendous representative of the church yeah. and, and of the our, school. Our and streamers have just, they have just loved learning a little bit more about yeah. you and getting to yeah. know you. So um, BYU Sports Act says when you acknowledge your tribe, that means something, which yeah. is really cool. And, 
and, uh, and for the love, would you would you eat a bunch of that take stuff? Take some of that for like take it home. For sure. Take yeah, some yeah, home yeah, with yeah. that's yeah. a lot of stuff. Text anyway. Janelle, say I'm bringing home dinner. <laughs> say, Janelle, don't <laughs> yeah, worry yeah. about dinner tonight or tomorrow night. Okay, we got okay, this. Okay, take whatever perfect. you need from Thank that. You. And hey, next summer we'll be back and perfect. report in. Let's do it. We'd love yeah. to have you every summer. We'll keep track of you over there. Now that I know that you're kind of under the flakes wing over there, we'll we'll have that. We'll keep track of you. The great Elijah Bryant live with us. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, Eli. Thanks for being here. Great to have you in person. 19 more days, and he's back over to Turkey. And uh, and continuing his great life, uh, what an example! And it's been fun to watch the reactions of everybody because they know and they get it. Next week, Jamal Willis, speaking of outstanding athletes and wonderful examples, number four all-time rusher, right behind him, another good one, Nick Robinson, assistant coach for the basketball team. Tom Homo will be here August fifteenth, and then we start to go with a Hall of Fame theme. We're just going to go on a Hall of Fame run. We're going to go Hall of Fame Olympic runner Henry Marsh. Hall of Fame tight end Dennis Pitta um, on the 22nd. Then 29, let's bring a BYU and NFL Hall of Famer and former NFL MVP Steve Young in. That's going to be cool. And a BYU Hall of Famer, Elder Vi Sikahema. <laughs> that's going to be, we're, that's gonna and, be and awesome. And actually, Vi wanted to stick around uh, or come a little bit early because I think we have Steve on first. Yeah. Right. If I wants to, he and, wants to, he's Vi, a broadcaster, yeah, he wants to get in. Vi heard that we, that we were going to have Steve on. He's like, oh, can I come a little bit early? I'm going to get in on the interview with Steve. We said, of course, Elder. <laughs> you can do what you, you want. You can do what you want. So come in And we're having early. lunch with him on Friday, yeah, and we'll so, kind of so get we'll him up have, to speed. So what a, what a lineup. Jamal um, and Nick Robinson, Tom Homo, Henry Marsh, and Dennis Pettit. And, and Henry then, Henry Marsh is going to be with us the week that Kenneth Rooks is over competing at the World Championships. Right, That's so where we thought little, that would be a great of, bit of a preview. time to have him in there. Um, and then and then that will cap off the month of August. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll promise you a preview of the opener. And that one, we'll do a little bit yeah. about what they're going to do. But but to have Steve Young and Vice Sikahem on on the same show is really fun for me. I think we may go late that night. Yeah, that'll we may be go fun. deep into the night. Get ready to buckle in for that one. We got a few more minutes. Live streamers, uh, stay with us and and keep uh, keep posting where you're listening from. Uh, we've been all around the world again tonight, and uh, we've still got a bit, a few more minutes tonight together, and uh, we want to go over a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, the women's soccer top 25 preseason poll came out just before we came on the air tonight. Oh, yeah. And BYU's number 13 yeah. in the country, and we thought, okay, well, where does that put TCU? Because as Jen Rockwood told us last week when she was on the show, TCU and BYU are, are neck and neck as to who the best team is in the Big 12. So TCU's ranked number nine in the top 25. BYU's at number 13. BYU hosts TCU Mm -hmm. at Southfield. What a night that will be in the first Big 12 battle of any sport uh, in BYU history. Then they could flip-flop spots right after that game. Yeah, just flip it. And Texas, by the way, is number 15. So it's TCU 9, BYU 13, Texas number 15 in the preseason top 25 women's soccer ball. Knowing what's coming back after talking to Jen and and knowing – What's been added to this roster? I'd put them in the top ten. I, if, if they're not a top ten team this year, I'm actually going to be surprised if they're not a top ten program, and I'll actually be surprised if they don't win the league. They're going to be so. phenomenal, and and we've got some uh, something to tell you about their game on Saturday, which you can actually see on BYU TV in just a moment. We do have a golf note before we get to some key dates. Right. Zach Blair, former Cougar, finished tied for thirteenth over the weekend at the 3M Open. And that helps him maintain his PGA card for next you season. You have to be Fantastic. in a certain place on the money list to, to get carried over to the next season. Yeah. That's a huge deal. It's just to be on the PGA Tour with a full card, 
is an amazing accomplishment. So how about that for Zach? That's Congrats phenomenal. Congrats to Zach. Peter Quest is uh, still trying to keep his. Yeah, Peter get Quest, his. he made the cut this last weekend again. Yeah, he's had a like great last month He's had a great a run in the last month. So, uh, Let's go over some key dates before we roll out what happened on this day. And just looking over here, yes, Pitta is coming to the show again. Uh, we're glad. Pitta, yeah. Pitta, Max Hall, there are some guys, and Pitta was Max Hall's tight end. Uh, there are just some guys that uh, you hear they're coming, and people are like, that's must-see. That's must-see wise guys. I got yeah, to get that. That's big-time stuff when we get Dennis on. <laughs> so and we, we have a, they have a rolling gag on Sports Nation. They always say, hey, we apologize to Dennis Pitta. Like, he's supposed to be on every day, but they run out of time, and he can't come on. We, we always have time for we Dennis. We always have. Anytime Dennis wants to come on, he just calls, and we bring him on. So There are some key BYU dates um, that we want to get to. And by the way, earlier tonight, just before we came on the air, we finished up. Uh, after further reviews, the touchdown show. Right. We showed every touchdown from last season, 54 of them, and then we broke them down, and uh, we had a great time. Uh, if you have a headache, turn on the touchdown show. You won't have one at the end. You'll just That's be right. you feel very, surrounded very good by everything. bliss. This next week, we have the Big 12 preview show on After Further Review. That's at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain, on the BYU TV app next Tuesday. And we're excited about this. We're going to go blow by blow through the season yeah. with a little history and, and some of our relationships already with the teams yeah, we're playing. we've been working on this, both, both Nixon and, and, and I and you, all three of us have been working on this one for weeks. So we've got a little bit of a preview for every team on the schedule um, and how we think BYU matches up. So this is one to not miss. It'll be a fun and one. If you, if you miss these shows, you go to the BYU TV app, and they're just there all the time. And by the way, you, you asked me um, on the show today. It's already over, so I can, I'm not giving away anything. Um, you know, they had 54 touchdowns this yeah. last year. Were they going to have more or less this year? I That's said right. more. I said more. And then I said, we're going to have to make the touchdown show a two-hour special. Yeah, and I, we're going to do two. It's going to be part one and part two. Because <laughs> I, I think they're going to need more to win in this league. It, you know so, what? It's going to be awesome. That yeah. first possession of the Sam Houston game where Slovis and the guys run out there just to go, all right, what's about to happen? Yeah. And then who so knows? Fun. Nobody the guy, knows. The guys are they're going, they're, they're, they're doing a play on the um, all of our uh, streamers about the Dennis Pitta thing. <laughs> so they're, they're saying, sorry, Dennis, we ran out of time. Not on wise guys. Not on wise we guys. We always have time. So Hey, uh, here's some key dates to keep in mind. Uh, and starting on Thursday. Right. Uh, the NFL Hall of Fame game on NBC. Zach Wilson's going to start for the Jets against the Browns. And I saw a quote from Aaron Rodgers yes, today. Yes, I love that Which quote was fantastic. Talk about the development of Zach that he's seen in just the last couple and, weeks. And he said that he's going to – this is what Aaron Rodgers said. He's going to look back on this time and realize that this was basically a really good thing for him. A chance to step back, to learn, to get better. And then he said um, – I feel like he's going to be in this league and a good player for a long, long time. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. That was, that was awesome. It was really nice. Hey, Kellen uh, just posted on our live stream. Listen to y'all. Y'all, you know what state we're talking yeah. about. If While driving from Houston to Dallas. Thank you for the entertainment, Kellen Knight. So, Kellen, thank you for joining the Wise Guys. You, and you served your mission in Texas, so you, yeah. you said y'all when you came back. You also said you were fixing to do stuff, which I never understood. Yeah, so, fixing is a word do, that do is Do you think great. Kellen was fixing to drive from Houston and Dallas and knew that he could listen to us? I think doing? he was fixing. And the, and the good thing is he drove safely, and now yes, he's back. Yes, he did. So we're eager to see Zach Thursday night on NBC. And you know what else I'm excited about? Seeing a football game on TV that's yeah. live because now there's going to be football till the Every Super week. Bowl. And, and, and uh, Spencer McMillan also, um, and, and thanks, Spencer, for being so involved. All you guys have been really involved tonight. We yeah. love it. Um, said He basically said, and he's talking, he's referring to Aaron Rodgers, 
that he's got Zach's back. Which, as I've watched clips and seen comments coming out of camp, I I feel that's that's a very true statement, Spencer. Like he he has had Zach's back throughout this whole thing. I see him walking over after Zach has a couple of plays and is in with with the group, and he comes over, and then Aaron's talking to him. And this is a great opportunity um, to learn from one of the best that's ever played that. Position. And I'm eager to see how Jaron Hall cashes in on that same relationship yes. with Kirk Cousins. Only Hall comes in as a uh, freshman or a rookie that they're not throwing they're not expecting in there. him to start and throwing him into and the fire, which up. was the worst thing that ever could have happened to Zach. So, all right. So Thursday night we'll be watching Zach. August fifth on Saturday, the women's soccer blue white game. That's on BYU TV at seven Mountain Time. So exhibition games can be on BYU TV. Everything else is going to be ESPN Plus for women's soccer. Which, will, which you know, will be our guys calling it a lot on yeah. ESPN Plus, but. We already mentioned August 8th is our AFR Big 12 preview show. We put the graphic up. Don't don't miss that one. That's one of our, our most fun shows of the year. And then August 10th, another soccer exhibition. This is BYU at Rutgers. Obviously, that won't be on BYU TV. And then the 12th, two days later, they're back at Southfield, an exhibition game against Idaho State, also on right. BYU TV. Um, August 15th on AFR. So the 8th, we're going to do this AFR. We're going to do the Big 12 preview show. On the 15th, we're going to do player previews. So we're going to pick and highlight some of the key players um, for the coming season, and we'll talk to you about their skill sets and show you some video. So that'll be a fun show as well. Some of the new guys, you know. Uh, the August 16th, Cougar kickoff. That's from 6 to 9 here local time, mountain time, at the Student Athletic Building practice field. Same area where we had the Big uh, the Big 12 party uh, on July 1st. All the fall sports will be there. Coaches, players, fans, mix and mingle and have a good time. That's just around the corner. We're in August now. That's in two weeks, August right. 16th. August 17th, soccer season opener. That's St. Louis at BYU. That's on ESPN Plus as part of the regular package. More player previews on AFR on August yeah, that's 22nd. A, that's a two, two, three-parter, really. Um, the 26th, women's volleyball opener, BYU versus Pittsburgh. Uh, it's up in Missoula, Montana. It's, it's in Missoula, Montana. Yeah. BYU, remember, is picked second in the Big 12 behind yeah. defending national champion Texas. August 29th, we'll finish up our previews of individual players. And yes, August 29th, it'll be Slovis, it'll be Robbins, it'll be Epps, yeah. Roberts, the, the big... The big dudes on that team. And then we'll also preview Sam Houston. That's on the 29th of August on AFR. Yeah, and that Sam Houston game comes up on September 2nd. That's an 8-15 mountain time kick on FS1. And you know, That's people, a busy month. People were asking us. Uh, next week we'll have a little more on practice because we'll have a week's worth of, uh, of, of the body of work. Um, everybody was saying, you can say anything about practice today. So today and tomorrow were first, practice, first two practices. They're just in T-shirts and shorts. And they're doing a lot of conditioning and learning where each drill is and what they're doing. They did get together and run some, you know, seven on seven, um, you know, uh, but um, not a lot today. Although I will say Keaton Slovis hit Cody Epps on a deep, beautiful throw. That's what you want to hear. Which, which, which we're going to see a lot of. Um, so, so nothing of note today um nobody What's we get next week no nobody conspicuously missing yeah. no nobody knew that we weren't expecting to be there just a good crisp practice i feel like byu's got a lot of veterans and they're going to get a quick start this year in practice and, and they'll have they'll be able to install a lot of stuff really quick um even though there's a lot of new players as transfers they're experienced there's enough experience around them for them to lean on the player next to them and go yeah this is how we do this this is what you do on this play so i think they'll be ahead of where they were last schedule throughout camp 
and be ready to roll. Spencer McMillan. By the way, Spencer, we've mentioned you enough tonight that you are now obligated to get us five new viewers. That's right. Uh, by next Go week, recruit us five new but, viewers by next week. But he suggested and we add birthday. August 18th into key dates as his birthday. Oh, because thir- he'll August be 18th. Because Spencer will be, be 30, 30 on August. So. Spencer, we got you. We got your back. And, uh, and so now you've got to go find us some, some more. So let's, uh, let's roll out of here with on this day on August 1st. There's a lot of things. There's just a lot of things going on. And then we look at history and a lot of things have yes. gone on on the first day of the month. Yeah. August 1st is a big day in history. Um, this is in 1781, the day that British General Cornwallis surrendered in Yorktown um, in Virginia and ended the Revolutionary War. 1781 on August 1st. That was the end of it. Just think if he hadn't. Uh, we might be all soccer fans. That's today. that's a different kind of a perspective. I think you're <laughs> now right. we're football fans because part of that happened. 1831 right. on this day. Speaking of the Brits, the London Bridge opened to traffic. So 1869, the first voyage down the Colorado River. What do you think that was like? You're just cruising down the Colorado. No, yeah. Pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. I just think about how young things are here and how like, there's no dams, I, I right? Was, so you're just going. I was in Barcelona and I had dinner one night. And they were telling us, yeah, this restaurant has been in consecutive you know, use as a restaurant ever since 1870. Picasso used to come here all the time. And, be, you know, and I'm going, he yeah, tried the veal. 1870, I don't think there was a restaurant in Utah in 1870, was there? I don't there? think so. I don't, maybe, so. Maybe there, maybe there 1869, was. 1869, there was a voyage down the Colorado River. Hey, when's the last time you had a quarter in your hands, in the car, the change? Yeah. 1932, the George Washington quarter goes into circulation. There you go. 1936... Adolf Hitler opened the summer games in Germany. Boy, did things change after that. Yeah. Oh, man. 1958, the price of a stamp here in the United States was four cents. I got to be honest with you. I don't even know what it is today. What's a stamp now? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I just get a book. you ever mail anything? I, just in- get a book. I still do. My wife, my wife doesn't like it. She's like, why don't why she just send email it? Email it. You know, but sometimes I, I still so mail I don't stuff. know what the cost of a stamp is. It's I'm- too much. It's not four cents. Yeah. I just buy a book, and, then, and I'm not sure. Hey, by the way, I, said, I bet it was beautiful down the Colorado River. Newt says until they hit the rapids, then it wasn't so beautiful. Yeah, then it was, then it was and, a and white and knuckler. a wooden boat would have been a bad deal. A white knuckler on white rapids. So, how about 1964? The Beatles song, It's a Hard Day's Night, goes to number one. It's been a hard day's night. Seven years later, 1971, the Sonny and Cher show debuts on CBS. I got you, babe. I'm yeah. going to sing all the songs that go with all this stuff, by the way. <laughs> 1973, the Virginia Squires. Trade Julius Irving, Dr. J, to the New York Nets. Yeah. They were, t- they were the tight ABA. on cash, the and they had to move Dr. J. And I don't think it worked out for him, but it worked out for Dr. Mm-hmm. J. Uh, 1987, now we're in our era, uh, MTV Europe launches, uh, and their first video they showed was Money for Nothing by the Dire Straits. So we had our MTV. That, that got going earlier, and then they went to Europe, and they started with the Dire Straits. Do you know who liked Dire Straits? Like, this is crazy. Lavelle Edwards. He liked the Dire Straits. Yeah, he loved Willie Nelson, and he, he liked a couple of Dire Straits songs. Well, they I were that they were kind of mellow rockers. Look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. Money <laughs> for nothing and the chicks for free. Yeah. That ain't working. That's a myth. Yeah. 1988, Rush Limbaugh starts his national radio show, and then he became quite the rage. Wow. 1990, Iraq pulls out of Kuwait. That's significant. Yeah. 1996, George R.R. R. Martin publishes his first novel. You might have heard of it. It was called Game of Thrones. And last month? And they made this I was series. over. I was over in Dubrovnik in Croatia. I learned the, how you say it. 
I would have called it Dubrovnik, but now I learned that you have to call it Dubrovnik. And you have to say it with an accent like that. But all of the Game of Thrones sites are there in Dubrovnik and Split. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I've been to Spanish Fork here lately. A couple other things. You know what? It's time for you to go on vacation, for me to have Brian Logan in here, and you can go rest up and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and come back. Yeah, we have to do that in the off season, yeah, right? It's, it's all over. See, I did it in the summer, though. Both of those you were did in the it. summer. No question so. about it. Hey, how about 2002? This is interesting. The Ravens signed Ray Lewis to a five-year extension, including a $19 million signing bonus. That was the largest in NFL history. $19 million. At the time. Um, this year, they just signed Lamar Jackson to a five-year extension. They paid him a $72.5 million signing bonus, the largest in NFL history. So, man, you know who you want to be with? You want to be at the Ravens. Yeah, they, they do the. Is, is Lamar Jackson worth 72.5 and uh, Ray, Ray only worth 19? You know what? I'm I, telling you, Ray's better than him. And that's just not, that's, that doesn't include his salary. Ray, that's a signing bonus. Ray was a, is a better player than Lamar. Now, Lamar has still some time to prove that he's better, but Ray Lewis. You could argue he's the best linebacker yeah. in history. Lamar's just in the right time. Yeah, it's times on the side of quarterbacks. Bonus. It's not a running backs league anymore. It's quarterbacks league. Just so you guys know, if I get a $72.5 million signing bonus for everything, I'm not doing the show anymore. Yes, you are. No, I You just won't I, do your other job. I'm going to quit every other job when I'm just doing the show. Yeah. So August 1st, birthdays, 1779, Francis Scott Key, who wrote The Star Spangled Banner. 1942, Jerry Garcia, The Grateful Dead. What's the, what's the best Grateful Dead song ever? Uh, I don't know the titles of them. You just, when you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the Grateful Dead. But I was never, I'm not a deadhead. I will survive. Yeah, that's probably do, 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 do. 1979, Jason Momoa. Yeah, Momoa. Aquaman. Yeah, he's a big dude. He was born today. Yeah, 1979. And, and August 1st, there's a, a death that, that's notable, especially for folks in Utah. Yeah, especially if you're from southern Utah. In um, 2020, just a few years ago, Wilford Brimley passed away. Actor, you remember Quaker Oats commercials? Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Southern Utah resident, member of the church, and um, and and he just kind of he was a, in these Hollywood blockbusters, but hanging out in Southern Utah, just minding his own business. Yeah, Wilford Brimley. He's our quote of the week. Our wise guys, inspirational quote of the week comes from Wilford Brimley. Only appropriate, right? Yeah, lay it on us. I'm not anybody's judge. I don't know what motivates people to do what they do. But I have a lot of admiration for anybody who can start with absolutely nothing and make a little something out of it. Wilford Brimley. Well said, Wilford Brimley. Classic. Uh, it it uh, reminds him of Elijah Bryant. Yeah. One cent. Yeah. One cent a day. He just put it in the bank and eventually and it adds up. He's made a little something out of it. He's you made know? a little something Three out of it. Three rings. We thank Elijah for being live with us. Grateful to have Max Hall tonight. And uh, also happy to introduce Jody Rookstool to you, the CEO of Feast Box. And um, we encourage you to go to cougarfeast.com and you can schedule your tailgate party meal wherever you're at in the 48 states. Uh, you know, Hawaii, you're on your own. We still love you. Um, and Alaska, I think you're on your own. We love you yeah, too. Yeah. But uh, you can you can order your tailgate dinner, and they will send it to you in the mail. And we had we tested it tonight. It's uh, hey. it's cool. And you support a charity and, and the BYU yeah. NIL situation and, and, and at the same time. And by the way, like, we don't sponsor them or anything like that, right? right? Um, so we're just saying that was some good food. And we brought them on because they're a big supporter of, of these athletes and, and they're the, helping, they're they're helping new, kick off this NIL thing at BYU and do it the right way. So we have a lot of respect for that. And that's why they're on with us today. Yeah, the new kids in town. Yep, new so kids say, in hey, town. So say, hey, come show us what you got. And, 
and all that stuff. And, and uh, we'll hear from them and their representatives as the nine players Absolutely. they've got doing that will pop into the That'll show. We're excited for next week. Jamal Willis going to be here fourth now. When he finished, he was number one. Now he's number yep. four all time in rushing at BYU. And Nick Robinson, assistant coach, going to get us ready for the Cougars road trip to Italy and Croatia, uh, which is just around the corner. So we're going to get him in here before they take off. Yep. And uh, when they come back, it's all Big 12 all the time. Big 12. Uh, so that's next week. Podcast will be up tomorrow. Share it with your friends. And, uh, and we encourage you again to go back to our YouTube uh, channel and subscribe and like. And Spencer and McMillan owes us. Stuff. He's got to go find us five new new people to come yeah. watch the show every week. We're going to hold you accountable to, to that so too. Let us know how that goes next week, Spencer, when you bring those with us. Introduce them to us on the chat. And Hey, we're grateful to all of you for following us uh, on, on YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitch, wherever you're at. We're grateful to have you with us every week and uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week. The number one BYU sports live stream show in prime time in the entire world. Spencer says it's going to happen. You you read it here, You better folks. believe it. We're going to follow it's gonna up. It's going to happen. All right. For Blaine, I'm Dave. We're the wise guys. Have a great week. Oh, and by the way, we'll also have the latest from fall camp next yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a week under our belts and we can fill you in. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun. Have a great week.